You are about to opt in to Monerotopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. Alrighty, ready. Good morning. Good morning, Tux. Good morning. Sorry for the late show. Looks like uh, <laughs> looks like you guys are already rocking and rolling by the time I showed up. Yeah, I just have a little, you know, little chat. Uh, I love that sweater. That is, that's the best ugly sweater. In fact, it's not even ugly at all. It's just a, a cool oh, sweater. Thank you, man. Yeah, I, I wore it because actually I was reminded of it. Give a few view, full view there. I saw somebody post this on Twitter yesterday. Somebody who, awesome. who I've never seen really in the Monero community, but this, I forget the guy's name, but he has like millions of followers and he posted a picture. He's like, uh, you know, I've I've come a long way. I've been in crypto for whatever six years, and it's a picture of him in a Monero in the Monero sweater. So it reminded me. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I would love to get this guy in the show. I don't even know who he is, but he uh, MM Crypto. Have you ever heard of this guy? No, I don't think so. Yeah, uh, maybe we could bring that. We could his bring name that. on Twitter. Yeah, MM Crypto. Interesting. And he has the same exact Monero sweater. That's pretty I cool. Forget so who where, where'd still- you get it from? Somebody was selling them. It was like 2017 Christmas or 20, uh, maybe it was 2018. Wow. I don't know how oh, many of us yeah. uh, jumped on the sweater, but I was, I was one of them. And it's That's awesome. Uh, you know, I only pull it out maybe once a year, <laughs> but I do love it. Um, all right, let's, let's kick it off. We got, we got no price report today. Uh, Body is taking a well-deserved break. I don't know. I don't know where he's at or what he's doing. Um, maybe it's family stuff, Christmas stuff. Um, but we, well, I'm sure we have plenty of else to talk about. I know we have, I think, Tony back to give the news. Um, and we have Pavel, who's going to jump up and be our special guest today. We've had him on before. He's given, he was a, a speaker at Monerotopia. I've done Monero talk interviews with him. Uh, but I have him jumping up today. I actually have some questions I want to ask him, get some insight from him with regards to XMR Bazaar. So, Let's uh let's kick it off with that since we don't have body today. Oh, starting out with the guest. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Let's go ahead and run that segment. The Monerotopia guest segment is sponsored by CakeWallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. CakeWallet is open source and you always control your own keys. Pavel, how's it going, man? Yeah, everything's fine. Uh, Rigors from Slovakia, uh, Europe. Two days ago, I was in Buenos Aires, but now I'm back in, with my family in Slovakia. Nice, nice. Uh, it's 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 more Christmassy there too, right? Uh, you got you got the winter yeah. weather over there. We have a lot of snow. We had a lot of snow, and yeah, like a like like it should be during during the Christmas. <laughs> Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Uh, I appreciate you jumping on because I do know it is the day before Christmas, and I know you, you're uh, you're with fam right now, so I appreciate you taking the time. Um, I want to I want to have you on because we are getting close to f- finishing building XMRBazaar.com, which I, I think I've I mentioned to you a few different times 
peer-to-peer Monero-based marketplace. We built an escrow, uh, um, a multi-sig escrow wallet for it. And what I'm, I'm looking to get insight from with regards to you is how you think maybe we should essentially incorporate this thing, what jurisdiction we should use. You know, this, this isn't a dark market. It's obviously not being uh, launched by some anonymous group. It's going to have Douglas Tuman's name all over it, essentially, and, and others that get involved. It's going to be, you know, for the clear net. And I thought maybe you'd have some good insights on perhaps where we can host XMR Bazaar in terms of servers. Um, we were thinking Iceland using the 1984 uh, hosting service. And also maybe just some thoughts on how we might want to consider um, incorporating it or you know what entity we should basically be showing as the owner of XMR Bazaar and perhaps what jurisdiction or if you think those things even matter. Uh, I feel like you're you're the guy to talk to with regards to these these issues. Thanks a lot for the invitation. Uh, we were already discussing this, so uh, I think Iceland is definitely a good option. Uh, probably the best option. Maybe I would consider like a Sweden, but uh, to be sincere, I would avoid like a, the European Union because now in the EU we have like a censorship and we have it's like uh, practically. Each member of EU, like each country of the EU, um, can shut down like any website or any domain without the court order. So it basically can be quite dangerous uh, in your situation. I think Iceland is good because like many, many sensitive websites, like for example, WikiLeaks are hosted in Iceland. Um, the option, to be sincere, I don't know exactly this uh, 1984 uh, um, like a server ho- housing, but I've read that there are many other like uh, orange websites flocking it, or maybe maybe Impreza. So, so, but I think Iceland is a good option. Maybe just find out the uh, server housing which accept Monero. <laughs> this would be like a crucial point in your situation because you want to pay by Monero and. Uh, regarding uh, regarding like a, some corporate structure, which is the most suitable um, in this situation, everything depends on the fact what do you want to sell and where do you plan to have customers. This is like really crucial. Mm-hmm. So if you if you if you tell me this information, <laughs> uh, if you tell me that we want to sell everything everywhere. It'll be like a bit difficult because it's not possible to have one of the best, the best jurisdiction, the best country for the company for selling anything anywhere. So that's the question. Yeah, well, I'm, I hate I hate to be that guy, but that is kind of the end. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's going to be a peer to peer marketplace, right? So uh, we don't know exactly you know, what people are going to be selling. And, and my, my, my thought, my hope would be that we can um, essentially restrict it as little as possible, leave it up to the user users to follow the rules in their jurisdiction, right? With some obviously if there's if there's some obvious breach of of you know if somebody's doing something that's like, you know, very obviously illegal, then we we would boot it. Um but we we want we basically want the rule to be that people need to practice the laws of their of their jurisdiction that they're selling in or that they're that they're buying in. Uh, and leave it up to the users, since it is a peer-to-peer marketplace, to follow the rules of their jurisdiction. I mean, it's going to be much like uh, you know a Craigslist or something like that. Um, 
but with multi-sig but my, question, my question is do you plan to charge your fee to each like a uh, like a customer i guess so basically you you plan to charge some fee in a monero to like every trade yeah yeah i mean that's that's a good question so the the multi-sig wallet that we built in is essentially trustless, right? So it's going to be between the buyer, the seller, and a mediator, right? Um, it's not going to be an escrow where the where the Monero is held by XMR Bazaar and then released by XMR Bazaar. Um, it's going to be trustlessly held in this multi-signature wallet and then only released when two signers sign a transaction, whether it's the buyer and the mediator or the seller and the mediator, right? Determining where that Monero eventually goes. Um, us, so, so the, the fee will go to the meet to the mediator, um, some, some fee. Now in the beginning that the mediator is going to be essentially probably a, a XMR bizarre itself. XMR bizarre will play the role of the mediator, uh, but we're looking to open it, open it up to other people that may want to, may want to be mediators, kind of create a marketplace for that as well, where people can be mediators. Um, mediators can have profiles as well, right? Um, so yeah, to answer your question, the it's we're leaving that it's not going to be like XMR Bazaar um, partakes in the transactions directly, but indirectly could get a fee for being a mediator as part of the multi-signature transaction. Okay, so basically, uh, basically the the buyer or seller uh, they they won't pay uh, this fee to mediator, but mediator just to be able to become mediator, he needs or she needs to pay some like uh, some fee to yeah. If I no, no, it would be a percentage of it. You know, if I buy a, a bicycle for a hundred dollars worth of Monero, the hundred dollars worth of Monero uh, uh, goes goes into the multi signature wallet, and then when that mm-hmm. Monero gets released to the seller. A percentage of that goes. A percentage fee goes to the mediator that partook in the transaction. Uh, okay. So basically, okay. So so basically, this extra fee to mediator will be paid by buyer. Yes. Yep. Okay. 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 So 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 um, I know that or by seller. Like... I guess it'd be by the seller, right? It'd be taken out of the uh, out of the amount out of the out of the amount paid. I guess depending, no, no, it would come the it seller. Would seller side so if i paid a hundred dollars in worth of monero uh the seller is not going to get a hundred they're going to get a hundred minus the oh okay 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 so in this situation it is it is really important to analyze like uh um because this this will be basically the the business relationship between the the the, uh, residency or tax residency of mediator mediator can be for example legal subject and seller and seller uh, himself he, he needs to have like a residency tax residency somewhere and the thing is that um and this is like a good question where uh where this legal subject uh where this uh where, where the legal subject of mediator should be located so um for example what i can do what, what i can definitely tell you like if the seller is the u.s citizen the mediator shouldn't shouldn't be like a U.S. company for sure because then it'll be like a intra um, um, business relationship inside of the U.S. and you have to pay like a federal tax and there is a lot of um, bureaucracy and everything. So, so in this situation, I recommend you uh, for if you want to handle like the uh, 
like a US sellers in this situation, uh, the mediator should be the company, for example, in Seychelles or Gibraltar or like any Caribbean company. Uh, and when the, when the seller is like a non-US citizen, uh, for example, European citizen or the citizen of any Latin American country, in this situation, I think it's quite easy and quite okay to use the US, US uh, jurisdiction, like a US company. Um, basically, in any like a privacy ever stay like a Wyoming, for example, or Delaware, or you know these. So, so, so this is really important to say. Depending, so okay, if you want to be legal, that's very important to say. If you want to be legal. It cannot be 100% anonymous. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Wait, well, what do you mean? You want... Okay, because if you want to be legal, 100% legal, uh, you need to know the country of tax residency of your buyers and sellers. At least this information. You know what I mean? Even for even for a peer-to-peer where it's just the buyers and sellers? Um, just... uh, no, no, no. no. Uh, if you want... Uh, if you want, uh, not, not not in this relation, uh, because this this depends on buyers and sellers. But you are charging extra fee as a mediator, so basically you should uh, you have some tax duties towards to the tax residency of the company you are using for that. You know, so uh, so so the thing is, and um, uh, and in this situation, relationship between your like legal sub- subject and uh, and and your seller basically basically is like a it's like a legal problem. You should you should know that. And it's a and for example, if you will be for example, the the mediator will be like a U.S. company, and um, and seller will be the U.S. citizen. You have a problem because this is like a normal you know, like inside the U.S. Uh, trade, and you have all duties. Uh, which are associated with the internal, like U.S. trades, and if you uh, if you have like a uh, and and other things, uh, for example, if you if you have like a, a customer who is the or seller who is uh, the the EU tax resident, he also has some duties towards to his to to his residency. So so what I want to tell you, you have basically two options. Uh, you can make it completely anonymous, but I can tell you now. Probably won't be like a, it won't be like one hundred percent legal because there will be like a, uh, some duties you have to do towards your country of your tax residency. Um, but for example, maybe this this situation may be a bit different if as a mediator uh, like it doesn't charge a seller, for example, and you basically change the model a bit. So for example, you have to pay fee to become like a oh, no. Uh, I don't know. You should definitely think about this because because in every trade there is like a business relationship between the uh, between the mediator and the seller between uh, mediator's uh, tax residency and the tax residency of seller. So um, I can write you like a, I'm I'm going to think about this, but but this is exactly the reason, uh, Douglas. This is also the reason when you order anything from issue from the internet, always eShop will ask you for the tax residency country or the, like a billing country, basically. And that's exactly because of this, you know, because if you, 
Yeah, I mean, the, the only my only thinking there is so the the buying and selling is going to be between between the buyer and yeah. seller directly, right? So how about how about it? For example, in instances where the mediator is not involved, right? So on XMR Bazaar, you can use escrow if you want to. Otherwise, you can just enter into a transaction with the seller directly. Maybe you're you're not worried about it. Maybe you've done a deal with them already, or maybe it's something. Uh, that doesn't cost that much money or you look at their profile, you see they have good ratings. So you're like, I'm not even going to use escrow. I'm just going to yeah. send the guy a hundred dollars worth of Monero. Um, and he's going to send me whatever it is I purchased directly from him. The, uh, it's not going through XMR Bazaar in any way. I just saw mm-hmm. a post that he's selling his bicycle for Monero. I'm, you know, and, and then we're, we're making the deal. I'm sending him Monero. He's sending me the bicycle. Um, yeah, in this situation, without using like a, the escrow service, it should be completely fine, and it's not the responsibility as the uh, like the website. It's completely fine, but uh, when you are like a mediator and you are charging any fee, any money to the seller, basically you should be also like a issue him um, some kind of invoice for this service or some kind of receipt or you know like some proof, and 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 basically you have income. You have income from the salary or as a mediator, through, and you should pay taxes or you should declare taxes as a mediator from all your fees you have from all these sellers. And that's the question. And I, what I can tell you is that if you want to cover the whole like a globe, like a, every every country, uh, it, you should have like a multiple companies in many different countries because you cannot cover probably the U.S. and non-U.S. customer together. Or maybe you can, but then they will have a lot of duties inside of the U.S. You know what I want to tell you. So, so, so this, uh, like, I'm big. I'm a, like a big fan of all anonymous projects for sure. I think like everybody should have a right to make like an anonymous business and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are two things: like a morality and legality. I think it's completely moral to do like a end-to-end like an anonymous transaction or any trade or business, but. Legality basically means you, if you receive any money from uh, any provision, any fee, you know, it's your extra income. And this, in- this mediator for mediator, it's income, and this mediator should pay some more taxes or declare some more taxes. Mm-hmm. And the question is where. Yeah. And these, and, and, and like a, uh, choosing this, uh, the, the, the place or the best tax residency for, uh, uh, for this mediator depends strongly on the tax residency of, of seller two. So it's a bit complex problem, basically. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. And I'm, I'm really putting you on the spot well, here. It's, it's good. It's yeah, good. So it's, I wanted to have this conversation out in the open just so people can see that what, 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 we're, what we're trying to do here, right? We're trying to do it in the best way. Uh, like I said, from the get-go, this, this obviously isn't being created by an anonymous person right or launched anonymous you know it's it's going to be clear net it's going to be clear net the it's going to be known that Doug Tuman is associated with this thing so yeah i'm not i'm not looking to out in the open breach breach laws right uh, i'm looking to do it in a way where we could take advantage to the best of our ability without doing anything egregious where you know we get in trouble as as the people that are providing the service and i want to do it in a way where the users are protected as mo- as best as possible um, in their ability to transact yeah. freely peer to peer and also in their ability to 
maintain their 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 data uh, and keep it private and out of the hands of of the state, right? So that's another consideration too, right? Where we put the like, so we're talking about the servers, putting them in Iceland. My thinking is right; it becomes perhaps a little bit more difficult for, let's say, the U.S. government or or the European Union to. Uh, demand a, a copy of of all the information on our servers, right? Because it's it's going to be a little bit more difficult for them to do that if we're hosting it in Iceland and we have the protections of the, of their laws there. Uh, but then also thinking the jurisdiction wherein uh, XMR Bazaar, the entity of XMR Bazaar, is controlled, is there is there a place where we could put it where that adds a layer of protection as well in terms of? the state, a state coming in and demanding information about our users? I have one idea I, I would like to mention. Uh, I think it would be definitely a good idea. Uh, you, you probably plan to have like a multiple mediators. Uh, and the only information or one of the information, because in case of mediator, you probably should uh, uh, publish also, for example, the reputation, you know, some rating or something like that. But I think one important information you should, publish about like each mediator is the tax residency of this mediator so for example it should be like a mediator number one xmr bazaar eu mediator number two xmr uh, like a um, uh, bazaar us so basically each seller when he wants to use or she wants to use like a mediator she can uh, she or he can choose hey i want to mediate in the us I want to mediate in the EU and so on and so on. So basically, I think this would be fine because then the relation, like a tax relation can be clear. And for example, in my situation, because I'm the non-US citizen, I would use like a US mediator because in this situation, uh, for example, when you issue the invoice uh, to me, I can use this as, as an expense, for example. I'm not saying that you should is issue invoices, but uh, it'll be like a clear. So I think, and also the only information uh, your users, if they if they want to be like a one hundred percent legal, the only information they they should publish about themselves is if there are the the EU citizens or or like a EU tax residents or the US tax residents, because then then these relation can be can be completely clear. You know, mm-hmm. of course you can do that completely anonymously, but um, Potentially, it can be like legal problems. I told you, by the way, I told you that in the future, if it will be completely anonymous, remember that I told you this. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, man. You're, you're the best. Um, Tux, are you, are you listening in? You got any? You got any thoughts here? Uh, yeah, I've been I've been listening to them all, reading uh, some of these comments over here. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so the main burden for us is on the the business side in that regard to where the business itself can't be anonymous that we have to depending on the jurisdiction uh where it's at we'd have to potentially have uh some some like tax stuff to deal with right how about if you know like you you had suggested because we had thought of this as well if it's a completely different business model right so um obviously peer-to-peer transactions where there's no escrow involved that's just between the buyer and the seller xmr bazaars and partaking it at all in that people are are Posting their listings, they're using XMR Bazaar to put up their listing, and the buyers are using it to find to find listings. Uh, but then the interaction is just between the buyer and the seller. Um, and then perhaps 
we somehow charge them in an, a, another way for for using for accessing the system or perhaps maybe sellers that want to offer their customers escrow they pay an extra fee to XMR Bazaar to offer that extra feature of of escrow so that that their customers can choose between the free version of just between buyer and seller or if they want they can use the escrow tool but in that instance it's the seller now the the sellers that are making postings are paying XMR Bazaar for this added feature and then it's just between the buyer and seller to use it and if they use the feature there is a mediator the mediator is involved but the mediator is not getting paid as part of the transaction I think the another option, uh, I'm not sure if this option is viable, but it would be definitely legal is when the, the, the whole website, the whole eShop, uh, if, if, if it can survive by donations, like an anonymous donation. So basically, you would just say, hey, we, we want to run this eShop. We, we want to survive. We, we, have, we want to like uh, some money from this. Please donate us. So in, in this situation, like a voluntary donation, I think it'll be it can be like a one hundred percent legal because there will be no like a extra charging or extra income, you know, taxable income basically. So in this situation, but I'm not sure if this website can survive completely uh, like a, from from donation. So, but that's another option. You know, I was about to ask about donations because I know that's a way that a lot of services will you know, be able to make money without having to deal with a lot of the, like, like you said, the tax burden. Now I have seen some services. I don't know how this works or if this is technically like legal and like what, for all this legality, what, what jurisdiction specifically are you talking about? Um, like, uh, it depends. I told you, like, for example, he, he, I'm, I'm going to explain this, the situation. So, so if you want to eliminate like, uh, uh, taxes and bureaucracy, you should like, uh, for example, um, I'm going to describe my personal situation. Okay, so uh, the U.S. Uh, is the biggest tax hell if you are the U.S. citizen. You know that, and at the same time, it's the biggest tax paradise if you are non-U.S. citizen. So, for example, for in my situation, I use like a U.S. companies uh, because I'm non-U.S. Uh, US citizen, and I use this company strictly out of the U.S. So I own this company as a tax resident of Paraguay, and I use these U.S. companies to do business only inside of the EU. So basically, what is cool about this business model is that when I issue the invoice from my U.S. company to my EU customers, every EU customer can use this invoice as an expense because there is like a double tax treaty agreement between the U.S. and the EU. At the same time, I have no duties inside of the U.S. because I don't have any U.S. customers in this situation. I don't do business inside of the U.S., and then in this situation, the tax duty of this U.S. company is transferred. There is like a pass-through mechanism to Paraguay. And in Paraguay, there is territorial taxation country. So as a physical person, tax resident, I don't need to, to, to pay any money from my dividends of any foreign companies. So finally, I don't need to declare or pay any taxes from this U.S. company. So what does it mean? It means that uh, that if you, if you are the... Uh, the U.S. tax citizen uh, to U.S. tax citizen, you should use like a non-U.S. Uh, companies to do to do biz- um, to do business. For example, with the, the the U.S. customers, because because then you have significantly like you can create like a Panamanian company, for example, and you can use this Panamanian company to do business inside of the U.S. 
you know, because Panama, Panama also has territorial taxation, so it, uh, it has like a zero percent taxes for any invoices or for any invoices issued out of Panama. But one of the biggest problems of the U.S. citizen is that you are basically like a tax slave. So, so it doesn't matter where you physically live. If you move anywhere in the world and you live there like a majority of your time, if you have any foreign income like above $120,000 per year, you still need to declare, uh, you still have tax, um, tax duties, uh, tax declaration duties towards the IRS, and you have to pay taxes. So, for example, what I'm going to t- tell you, even if you move out of the U.S., for example, to EU or to Paraguay or to anywhere, and you will be like a mediator in your like examer e-shop, and you have and you will have income from these mediator services more than $120,000 per year, n- nothing will help you and you still need to declare, like officially you should declare this income, this monor income to the IRS and pay taxes and everything. And it doesn't matter where you live, just because you're because because you are the US citizen. Right. I, so I that's that's another thing. So so imagine the situation like if this US if this like a mediator in your issue will be like a US citizen, uh living anywhere in the in the in the in the world, having income more than one hundred and twenty thousand dollars, you automatically have then tax duty to versus to, 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 to the IRS. And you cannot eliminate it only you you can like renounce the u.s citizenship so that's what i'm talking yeah the the long arm of the u.s government yeah no i'm well aware yeah i did have a question on the donations part though so i've seen i don't know how legal this is but i've seen some services that where you you air quote donate but you get something out of donating but it's they still call it a donation i don't know doing something like that is legal in many places or if a donation is purely just giving and you aren't supposed to receive any extra service or any extra cheer in return like, like for example what i it depends about uh, it depends from like on the usability of like how you want to create exactly this e-shop for, but i can imagine uh, for example that i'm uh when i when i when i sell something um and you're at your market uh, marketplace, I can see information. Hey, you just sold something for one hundred dollars. Uh, cons- please consider donate like a two or three dollars, like a, some percentage uh, to this marketplace, and you, and it'll be like optionally, like a voluntary. And after each trade, this information will be displayed. And basically, every seller can just click, okay, I did the business, it was fine, and click, please donate. But not sure if, but when you just voluntarily ask for this transaction, and transaction, it will be like a fine. It can be also anonymous. That's what I think. But you should definitely like consult this with some like a lawyers. But for example, you should basically ask after each trade, each transaction, uh, ask sellers to make. Uh, to consider to to consider to make like a donation to 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 your platform, and I think this may be viable. You know, I think people will do that. I, I mean, yeah, the Monero community work. is definitely um, good at like funding stuff. That's for sure. Yeah, and you know, for obviously uh, avoiding avoiding uh, taxes as much as possible is is ideal, but it, it's not ultimately my goal. Um, given given the situation, right? I'm more I'm more concerned about just being able to run this thing in a way 
where the users are protected. Like, like that, that's what, the, what I'm trying to figure out first and foremost. So allowing people to just engage in commerce peer-to-peer um, at, you know, and, and for them to decide what, what is legal and isn't legal in their, in their given jurisdiction and to make the transactions using this, this escrow system. If we, if we as XMR Bazaar have to pay U.S. taxes on fees that are collected on, you know that is what it is, right? I, I'm not. I'm not. That's not what I'm really uh, trying to avoid because there is no way to avoid that. Um, it's more so these other things, just protecting protecting the users and protecting the platform itself from from being shut down. Um, that that's that's really the the goal, the primary goal. Yeah. So, so if I can summarize what is what I think it'll be good for you, just to have like a multiple mediators. Yep. Like in different uh, in different countries, uh, like a def- different re- re- residences, like like for example, major major U.S. mediator, EU mediator. So these these would be fine. Everybody can choose it. Mm-hmm. And I also think that if you want, if if you decide to 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 go uh, like a, this path with like a no fees bet- um, for mediators and you, you replace it basically by donation. I think this would be like a more legal or more tax compliant because, you know, no, like nobody cares about like a, uh, in this situation, it would be like a charity, you know? So basically you just switch your model to charity and you can be like a really successful charity basically. <laughs> right. and, and charity with a lot of money. I mean, you know, like, a, and I think like, um yeah charity have definitely charities have definitely better position in case of these tax questions all right and and you know i know this isn't legal advice you're not you're not an attorney but uh you, you have a lot of expertise you've you've studied this you've studied this area quite a bit i, I feel like mm-hmm. you've thought about these things like i said how about in terms of so so hearing what you've heard thus far and let's say we were to go in that in that direction would it still be wise to avoid using a, a, a the U.S. jurisdiction to create this entity, whether it's profit, non-for-profit, or would it be wiser perhaps to use some other jurisdiction to create the entity? Even realizing that you're always going to have the long arm of the U.S. government in terms of taxes and whatnot, but ignore, ignoring the tax uh, requirement for, for the U.S., no matter where you are, um, any thoughts on where you think then it would be best to create this legal entity that will that will own XMR Bazaar? Just the United States at that point, or at that point, does it matter? Or I mean, yeah. yeah, like for example, I'm just thinking what you can do. Like it can be like a Panamanian company, for example, or can be Panamanian legal subject. Uh, and in this situation, basically, as a Panamanian legal subject. Even if you have any income, so basically, if you if if mediator will be like a Panamanian legal subject, and you have customers everywhere, you basically have no obligation to pay any taxes. Uh, that's super cool in this situation, except of Panamanian customers. So maybe you should <laughs> you should just click that uh, like a, some special uh, policy in the beginning. I'm declare I declare I'm not the Panamanian tax resident or. Like because in this situation the situation is like a different. But yes, like you can you can create like a Panamanian, for example, company and it will work. But at the same time, imagine the uh, the, the the following situation that 
so so this Panamanian company will be charging all your uh, customers, all your sellers at, the, at this website. And when you want to um, pay dividends from this Panamanian company to you as the U.S. citizens, of course, you have to pay taxes, you know. So there is like a div- tax, dividend tax or something like that. Mm-hmm. So so you can basically, you can you can cover it with this Panamanian company or basically by Seychelles company with no duties at all. But then when you want to pay money from this Panamanian Seychelles or any company to you, you always need to pay like a, uh, taxes from uh, taxes from these uh, uh, from these dividends. Hmm. Uh, and this is probably this yeah. is probably one of the one of the option. But of course, when you have like a social company, of course, you want to cover from the social company. You cannot have the the customer from social at these times, you know, because then it's it'll be like a intra social uh, transfers. But I think like a. Not sure how many Monero users physically live in Seychelles, and yeah, not too many. And you, <laughs> and you think, yeah. So maybe you should discriminate these these customers in this situation. But yeah, okay. uh, but yeah, it's definitely so. So there are multiple options, multiple options for sure. And um, yeah, I can definitely help you with that because I'm awesome. like a big Monero. I'm like a big Monero fan, and I would be super happy when there is like a, these uh, Monero. Uh, like an end-to-end trading platform. It's definitely like a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Monero, I don't know if, are you familiar with Monero Market? Monero Market exists. Um, I don't know where they yeah, are. Monero Yeah, where, where they're incorporated, if they're even, if they have some entity behind it. Um, I mean, obviously they're, they're clear net. Currently now they have, esc- their escrow is custodial. It's not yeah, even. Yeah, so they're just probably worse off in that regard. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, they're trying to. T- uh, I saw that they're going to try to add, do something similar to us, and add a not create a non-custodial version, a multi-sig version. Um, but currently they're custodial, so I don't. I don't know what. I think they're just you know flying under the radar right now. But yeah, we we want to. It's more so creating something that can't be easily shut down or stopped. Right, this thing isn't going to be decentralized. Right, it's going to be out there in the open. But I want it to have a strong. Like framework wherein it wouldn't it would be it wouldn't be susceptible to to attack where somebody where a state can easily shut it down for whatever reason, uh, making it as difficult as possible for them to do so. Yeah, yeah. If you want to be like a, I I wrote if you want to be like a clearnet service, so you you don't want to use like a tor hidden services, you don't want to be hide somewhere. Uh, you should definitely have uh, some legal subjects. There are some. Big companies, uh, they they were running without like a legal entity. Uh, they have been running for they had been running for uh, without legal entity for many years. For example, Binance, you know that, <laughs> like Binance as a legal entity. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't Neither. they didn't have legal entity for many many years, and uh, finally now they have. But that's also one of like their problems now. You know, like uh, they were doing business like a completely. Well, they got pretty uh, about it. That's for sure. I did not realize for quite some time they didn't even have a legal entity. That's that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Binance yeah, was yeah. better. I think I think the Binance was the 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 biggest exchange in the world with no legal entity. Was, that's was wild. In the past, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. wow. So, uh, so, so, at least technically it's feasible. The question is how long. <laughs> right, 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 right. So like technically everything. Is if we were to put, let's say, um, 
are like you said, use the example of Panama, right? If we had the servers and the the business entity in there, um, we wouldn't have to worry about any requirements for like KYC laws for other countries for their citizens. Only any laws for citizens of Panama, right? Like um, in when you want to open the uh, okay, there are like multiple options, uh, but. Normally, when you want to open the Panamanian company, you basically need to provide, uh, like, if you want to open normal company, you can also try to open the anonymous company. I'm not sure if it is still possible in Panama, but it's definitely possible in uh, Seychelles. Normally, when you want to open normal Panamanian company, you need to provide the scan, of, like a notary verified scan of passports of the owner and a notary verified proof of address of the owners, and that's all. Um, in case of some Caribbean countries, like for example, Seychelles or many, uh, Seychelles is not Caribbean, it's like an African country, but some Caribbean countries and Seychelles, you could create like an anonymous company, which is great because you basically can pay extra $500, $1,000 per year for the service of nominee director and nominee shareholder. And basically you can, and these people will be the official owner and from some local people, uh, official owner or like a shareholder of this company. This is like a pretty good, if you want to be crypto only company and you want to be the crypto only company, because um, when you want to open the bank account as an anonymous company, you have a problem because the banks want to know the beneficiary owners. So the real owners of the company. No, this this will be crypto only for, for sure. So, so, yeah. And that's cool. That's, that's good because the biggest problems of any offshore company is the bank. It's the it's the most like opening the company anywhere in the world. It's super easy, but opening the bank for the given company is super difficult. Like for example, opening the Panamanian company is very easy. Opening the bank account for the Panamanian company is almost impossible. Yeah. So 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 this is quite interesting, you know. So opening the the social company is super easy, but opening the bank account is almost impossible. Also for social. So, but if you're crypto only, that's super great because you can choose from the from so many different countries, offshore countries in the world, where you can set up uh, the, the the legal entity. So it's definitely uh, good that you don't want the bank account because banks are problems. Um, not only to open them, but also because. They re- they will report you everywhere, you know, and they have to because otherwise they will they will lose their b- banking license. So 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 the, everything can be much more easy when you when you are one hundred percent like a crypto only company. Yeah, I just almost had a couple of my bank accounts closed because I was like accessing them from different IP addresses, and so they decided to just close the accounts. <laughs> yeah. So so in this situation. When you want, when you don't want to have a bank account, you can open the the company anywhere in the world, like any offshore destination. It's quite easy. This is not a problem, and and also you can create like an anonymous company. You can use the services of nominate director and nominate shareholder, and you can you can use the service and you can basically run anonymous company, and it's it's legal basically. Yeah. yeah for the KYC uh, part, part though, I was asking specifically about the the users of the platform. Because, like, for instance, like eBay, now, in order to sell on eBay, at least as a U.S. citizen, you have to give eBay your social security number uh, and for tax purposes in case you make a certain enough, you know, on selling stuff on eBay, they have to report you to the IRS and all that. Like, as as I know, as I know this information uh, correctly, uh, I think, like, uh, any KYC 
is enforced by fiat services of, of fiat regulators. So if you are not involved in fiat, if you are not involved with in like any fiat services, bank services, like a, I think there is no one who can enforce like a KYC. You know what I mean? Okay, like a, so by doing crypto only, we're kind of like we're we're making it a lot easier to avoid that stuff. Yeah, exactly. If you don't if you if you don't handle like a fiat, if you want if you don't want to interact with the fiat services, banks or anything like that, KYC is not required. What I think. What I think. Maybe okay. someone can correct me, but what I think is if you're not involved in fiat, just Monero, no one legally can enforce or force you to 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 KVS, to, to make KVS of your of your users. But since we're gonna be hosting the server and probably having the entity in a different country, that makes it even like like Compared to like having it in the U.S., right? That makes it harder to enforce things like KYC for U.S. citizens. Because if we had the company and entity in the U.S., then that would be a big problem. And we'd basically be forced to comply with any kind of KYC, AML laws that they want. Yeah, probably yes. And basically, if you want to have the U.S. company or U.S. legal entity, uh, you should have only non-U.S. customers. Because if you have U.S. customer, you have a lot of bureaucracies, uh, duties, and, uh, you know, like... It, you don't want you don't want that. So so yeah. So for uh, for U.S. citizens or uh, you should definitely or U.S. customers should definitely use non-U.S. company. It's it's clear. It's like a all right, Pavel, man. But, Thank but, you. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. But, 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 yeah, but I think if you want to like uh, cover all countries in the world without any problems, you should have like a uh, companies in like a uh, companies in multiple countries. You know, like a. Uh, if you want to, for example, you should have come. You can have company in Panama, like a Panamanian company for non-Panamanian customers, and then you 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 can have like a social company to cover your Panamanian customers because you cannot use the Panamanian com, uh, company towards directly Europe. You know, so so you should have at least two or three or three different companies if you want to cover like uh, all countries um, in the world. And still not pay taxes uh, from uh, your foreign income, basically. Yeah, you know, because that's amazing. You, you... <laughs> we just we have multiple companies in multiple countries, but for not their citizens, for <laughs> other citizens, not of that country, to get around. Uh, that's clever. It's clever. <laughs> yeah, so what, what I want to tell you is that that's there is no one the that's best cool. country. Uh, uh, the the best. That's why you have the principle of this uh, flag theory. You know, so flectory basically means there is no one, th the best things, th there are no best things in just one country. You should decentralize it to multiple Oh, I know Waskin is going to come on later and talk about flag. It's all yeah. into that. Yes, yes. Um, Pavel, man, so I'll, 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 if you don't mind, I, I'd love to pick up this conversation, continue this conversation with you offline. Um, that'd be great. Yeah, right. definitely, definitely. I know it's not something that will be solved here. Uh, yeah. I, I wanted to to begin the conversation out here in the open, just for transparency reasons, so people could see what we're up to with XMR Bazaar. Um, and yeah, if anybody who's listening thinks they have thoughts or ideas with regards to how we can best set this thing up, please please reach out as well. Um, I guess best thing is Minerotopia protonmail.com if you send us an email if you have any thoughts. Or if you have any thoughts with the with the platform with regards to anything else that you want to help out with, please please reach out. Um Pavel man, uh while while we have you here, so what's your what's your take on Argentina? I know you just got back. 
Um, I, I didn't realize you've been going down there, right? You've been going down there for years, right? And uh, yeah. so you, you, you've watched it evolve, and now here we are. It's like, I would imagine, feels kind of like a dream come true in terms of what's going on down there with the new president. Or perhaps, no, perhaps you have a different interpretation. I don't know. What is your current take on, on Argentina? Uh, to be sincere, I love Argentina. It's my, it's my favorite collapsing socialism. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, it's my favorite collapsing socialism, um, and especially now uh, I I spent two months in Argentina, and I used to spend every year two months in Argentina, usually November and December, because it's the best weather, there are the best temperature, and a lot of concerts, uh, a lot of like a great events. So, and I also like a, was there during elections, uh, which were really important. Uh, Argentinian society society is or was quite polarized. Uh, I had a dinner in one like a restaurant, and there was like a couple, like a what, like husband and wife, and the husband uh, voted for Milay, Javier Milay, and and she voted for Massa, like a opposition to to Javier Milay, mm-hmm. and they they were like fighting you know like this was like a crazy i i think i, I should call like a, someone like a police because they like a, this like a married couple they will kill each other just because of stupid politicians you know but um so um, i don't know i don't i i don't uh so just ask question i think i'm pretty good in argentinian politics now because i spend there like some time um like a javier mila is quite controversial politician He's like a professor of Austrian economy. He basically, he was, uh, he had for, he's providing like a lectures in Austrian economy and he's active in this field like for the last maybe 10 years. So he's like, everybody knows him in Argentina, even like a South America, he's very famous. Um, he's conservative at the same time. So for example, he's against uh, drug legalization. So many, uh, many, many anarchists, uh, basically have problems with him just because of this drug legalization. I was trying to find out why he is against like a drugs legalization. And he basically was saying, or he's saying that um, I am against drugs legalization because we have like a public health care. This is quite interesting. Is uh, You know that public health care in Argentina is for free for everybody. I mean, not for Argentinians only, but also for US citizens or for any citizens of any country. So basically, it's like a communism, you know? So basically, even if you're US citizens, you can you can visit um, uh, Argentina for like a, some surgery operation or anything and pay nothing. Uh, but to be sincere, if you want to do it like uh, in some finite time, <laughs> uh, you should you should like pay like a private hospital for sure. You know, like there are like a pretty good private hospital in Argentina at the same time. And uh, like this political discussion between Ma- Massa and Millet was, it was like a, also crazy. Like uh, the public transport ticket in Buenos Aires uh, cost 60 pesos. One dollar is 900, almost 1,000 pesos. Mm-hmm. So one public transport ticket in Buenos Aires cost 0. 0.0.06 dollar can you imagine that like a, you can buy like a 20 <laughs> you can buy like a 20 public transport tickets for one dollar you know and 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 the and Mila basically he he wanted 
just to stop subsidies to this public transport ticket and and like uh, increase the price by 20 times to one dollar to the market price you know like uh, and this was like a these were like typical arguments in this like a political fight uh um before before the election so um what else i don't know like what do you so think they, of this? They, so, i just wanted to get your take because you, you have the like you said it's it's your favorite deteriorating socialist system right um, and I, I, I can see what, what, why you're saying that, right? It's, it's a beautiful place, beautiful in the summer. And then also it's, it's, it's because of it, the situation there, there is a very robust, dark market, underground marketplace, right? Especially, you know, with, with exchanging, um, as you know, right? If you go, if you show up with crisp $100 bills, you get the, the blue dollar exchange rate, which is much better. Per, per dollar per peso as opposed to the official exchange rate you could effectively go down there with dollars you could go down there with monero right you could go down to the mm-hmm. to these cuevas and you could walk into a cueva and most of them have i think they use binance down there i'm not sure what they're using you could exchange your dollars for pesos and walk away you know K- kyc free or you could exchange your monero for for pesos and walk out with, you know, uh, I don't know, $50,000 in, in pesos. And then there's also the way things work down there. All real estate is purchased with cash, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yes, the society is deteriorating in many ways, but this dark market element has created a very like free, free market in those terms of being able to take money in, take money out, convert it, buy property with it. Do you think that's going to go away? Ironically, with Millet, as he improves society and makes it more, uh, you know, get, gets rid of a lot of these state regulations, will the will the black market ironically disappear? This is like a very good question. Uh, like, you effectively become yeah. less libertarian in the society. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so, 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 so this is a very good question. And the thing is that Argentina now is like a really bureaucratic society and it's tax hell. At least according to the laws, at least according to the pa- like papers, you know. Right. But but exactly. finally, finally, one important information. What I, I have like multiple friends, and they they have business in Buenos. They have businesses in Buenos Aires, and there is like one rule in Buenos Aires or Argentina: if you follow all regulations and all laws in Argentina, and it doesn't matter what kind of business you do, in one month you're always bankrupt. Okay, so what does it mean? It means that everybody, not 99%, but 100% of all like company owners, business owners, entrepreneurs, everybody is breaking the laws. Everybody, everybody is normal. And despite the fact they have like high taxes, like many people or maybe most people, like especially like a small company owners, they do not pay taxes. And when I when I ask them, hey guys, so you you don't pay taxes, and they told me, hey, you know, when if the government needs any money, they will just print it, you know, like <laughs> it's quite easy, right? So everybody everybody there <laughs> in in some form has already opted out, right? And I'm saying, yeah. which is a beautiful so, thing. So, That's the goal. And so also, our- yeah. And also, if you don't pay taxes and you get a penalty for not being taxes, the, the legal process will start. And this legal process will take, I don't know, like five years. And in five years, 
this penalty after hyperinflation will be nothing, you know. <laughs> so, 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 like, uh, this is very interesting. But one important information I would I would like to say: you mentioned there is like official government, uh, like a rate of USD. Uh, few days ago, like if yeah. four four years ago, uh, no, four days ago. Mille yeah. canceled this official uh, state rate, which was uh, 350 pesos for one dollar. So basically, the so basically the Argentinian from yeah. yeah. So Argentina basically switched immediately during one day to blue to blue dollar rate or to like a market rate. What basically means that when I was there, uh, the my hotel double double price during one night so they basically told me because all prices of all hotels apartments as you uh, as you told they're associated with the, with the with the dollar rate but of course they have to be or they had to be associated with the official dollar rate which was like a 350. Mm -hmm. so basically Mille canceled this official artificial state rate and every price of every hotel in Buenos Aires or in Argentina was doubled during one day because then the price the price in dollars is the same, but finally in pesos it's two times more because uh, like uh, they started four days four days uh, ago they started to use this official blue blue dollar blue, blue dollar rate, but right. still uh, everything is super cheap. Yeah, that, that, that kills um, like I said that kills the black market overnight, right? Because now there's no reason. To go to the Cueva to exchange U.S. dollars to get your your better rate. Now everybody's just using the the white market, right? And there, there's no advantage to to the black market, which sounds great in theory. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you've also perhaps are starting to get people who have already opted out to kind of opt back in to mm. to the state system. But still, in Argentina, or thousand, if not like a ten thousand, like a absolutely stupid uh, laws and regulation, and and people and still regulation, uh, they still exist. So I and there's people are still breaking these regulations. So I think there is still a, a need of black market, <laughs> and we'll see what will happen. This is quite interesting situation. One important uh, uh, things. For everybody uh, who wants to visit Argentina, um, in Argentina, every citizen, every business uh, uh, uses the system which is called Mercado Pago. It's like an instant internal payment system. So, for example, you use Mercado Pago, I have Mercado Pago, and I can immediately send you pesos using Mercado Pago. It's like an instant system every Argentinian uses. And what happened like a few months ago, uh, the biggest Mexican crypto exchange, Bitso, I'm not sure if you know Bitsa, Bitsa.com. Uh, it's like a centralized crypto exchange. I'm I'm not sure if they support Monero, but probably maybe they also support Monero. It's like a centralized crypto exchange. And they they started to uh, they did integration to Mercado Pago in their mm -hmm. app. So now with a crypto, probably also with Monero, Bitcoin, you know, like uh, any stable coin, you can pay 80%, if not 90% of everything inside of Argentina because so. because everything can be paid using Mercado Pago QR code. So using this app of Bitso, you can just scan this QR code of Mercado Pago and immediately paid by Monero or anything. So, so from this point of view, I think Argentina is most 
crypto-friendly country. They are not accepting this crypto directly, but in, in, uh, indirectly. But you basically you see, uh, but it's with with. Yeah, we gotta get Mercado Pago to accept Monero directly, right? That would be. Yeah, I can I can just check it. I can just check check it. Uh, but it basically means like a ninety percent of all everything in Argentina is paid using crypto, which is super cool. Yes, yes. Well, we're we're doing Monerotopia down there. It, well, it hasn't been. We're we're not a hundred hundred percent, but we're ninety nine percent sure we're doing it down there a year from now. Mm-hmm. Which sounds like this could overlap with your yearly trip there, which would be amazing. That I'll, I'll put that's another reason why we might want to do it down there because Pavel will already be down there. Would love to have you as a speaker again. Yeah, I know you spoke at Monerotopia, Mexico. Uh, so we're trying to do it alongside La Bitconf, but they didn't announce yet when they're going to have La Bitconf. We met with the La Bitconf guys when we were down there. We, Sunita and I went down there last month. Um, but they weren't sure if they were doing it the same week in November or they were going to move it to early December. So but we, the thought is we will uh, be doing Monerotopia in Buenos Aires. I don't know. To be sincere, I like these Labitcon guys. I also know them personally. I had a presentation at Labitcon like two years ago. Uh-huh. And I, I like them because they're not like a Bitcoin maxis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because, they're very because... good at helping us do our Monero conference too. Like, I told them we want to do it alongside. They they love Monero, right? They're not. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, busy. because because I think like a Bitcoin maxis is a cancer of in the US, also in the EU. <laughs> oh my god! But I, I didn't I didn't meet I didn't meet uh, like a Bitcoin maxis people in Latin America. I don't know. Like they like crypto. Like a, I like like this exactly. people like. <laughs> Like, they see it as a tool. They see it as because they're used to money being a tool, right? They see they have pesos. They have to move from pesos to the dollar. So for them, it's like, all right, now I got to move from the. I can move it to Bitcoin. I can also then move it to Monero. For them, they're like they're they're okay with this idea of using multiple currencies too, right? They're more open to that. Yeah, and one interesting thing is that in Argentina, uh, the most favorite crypto. It's not Bitcoin or Monero, like many people think. Stablecoin, right? Yeah. Stablecoins for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I heard, I even heard, I'm not sure if this is like a true, but I heard that in Argentina, there are, there are more 100 US paper notes yes. than in the US, yeah, like physical right. paper yeah. notes. You know, because, 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 like, in, because, because, in, in the US, nobody cares. You know, nobody wants to have like a $100, uh, dollars like a paper note. Uh, but in in Argentina, everybody huddle, you know, like uh, they 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 use like a like these big notes to store store money, you know, like uh, for them it's it's very important I, to to protect I, them against inflation. I know I keep going back to this idea, but it, it it's I don't know, it, maybe it's the Monero guy in me, right? I kind of like I'm a, I'm an anarchist at heart, right? So for, my concern is with melee that it's it's going to ironically turn into a less anarchist-like society uh, as uh, granted the guy's an extreme libertarian, but by fixing the state and making it less socialist, he's going to empower the state and get rid of the dark market, get rid of the the cash market even. Um, Ultimately, I think maybe perhaps you'll see a larger percentage of society now paying tax, right? There's going to be, they're going to, they're going to grow in tax revenue. They're going to now, by by fixing by fixing things and making things less corrupt and getting rid of the overt socialism and the crazy taxes that they're asking for, they're also in a way going to figure out how to take cash out of people's hands, make it less of a cash cash based marketplace 
so they could start to tax people more more accurately. I think. Yeah, I think I think you may be you may be right, but at the same time, I think that what they had or what they have now or what they had uh, till now, hyperinflation, they really hurt like a yeah all people. You yeah. know, like a. Like Argentina, are really poor. Um, I can I can tell you like my personal stories. Um, I I visited Patagonia twice in the south of Argentina, Ushuaia, the 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 the, the southeast uh, city, and and I was talking with uh, like random people, and I was asking them like most people, most tourists in uh, Patagonia were uh, were Argentinian citizens, Argentinians. So I asked them, hey guys. Why, why, why you don't visit like the U.S. or you know any other country? Yeah, and they tell me, unfortunately, we are just poor. We don't have money. You know, we, we don't have money to travel abroad. But at the same time, they just added, you know, but our parents or our grandparents they really travel a lot and they visited 100 countries. <laughs> you know, so so this is quite interesting when someone is talking to you that I'm a I'm poor, but my parents and grandparents are right, rich. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> so, right. I mean, world, right? Where your previous generation. And, than yeah, you. and I also met some uh, guys from Venezuela, and they told me something similar. You know, in Venezuela also, like, uh, in 90s, it was, like, uh, the richest country yeah. in South America. Yeah. Well, listen, I so, mean, even, even the U.S. and Europe, to a degree, is seeing the beginnings of that, right? Where the the previous generations had were effectively wealthier than than this generation. They were able to buy, buy homes more easily, right? More easily, and um, we're, we're see, obviously not to the extreme of what has happened in Argentina or Venezuela, but you're seeing you're seeing it here too in the U.S. and I, I think in Europe as well, right? Yeah. But but uh, back to Milay, um, a lot of people I met in Buenos Aires, uh, they are afraid of like the fact that Milay can be like a really authoritarian, like a not dictator, but authoritarian guy, mm-hmm. um, especially, especially people from these like a uh, uh, yes. LGBT, LGBT, or, you know, some artists who are basically living from like government subsidies, you know, all so, so, so like, uh, and I, I, I'm not saying that uh, like a uh, Milay is anti LGBT, by the way, Argentina and Uruguay are the most LGBT-friendly friendly countries in in Latin America. Um, but for example, Mila is conservative. So, for example, he's a, he's like a pro-life anarchist, or he pro-life anarchy. Basically, he he thinks that uh, non-aggression non-aggression principle is applied uh, to humans uh, like uh, since the day yeah. you know. <laughs> Since since the day zero, basically. So basically, he's against abortions, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which is not which is, like in liberal Argentina is not acceptable to like abort, uh, like uh, to cancel abortion, for example, just now. So, but he's not planning to do that. But he's he's basically pro life anarchy. So it's it's another thing why many Argentinians uh, don't like him so much. Um, yeah. So these drugs. Like uh, he, he point his view to drugs, and this abortion is a bit like anti-libertarian. Well, yeah, they're accusing uh, him too of shutting down protests. Uh, I haven't really looked into that, but I saw some tweets like maybe not completely shutting them down, but making it more difficult for people to to protest. Yeah, and one one interesting thing you should basically know is that um, in Argentina, 
in Chile, also in Paraguay, historically, all these dictatorship regime they had were like a right wing, you know. So and and many of these right wing dictators, like a well, like a like a like a Pinochet, for example, uh, they invited the Chicago boys, like a Milton Friedman, you know, these people from uh, to Argentina to to Chile to make like economic reforms, and these reforms were good, you know. And it's really difficult, really hard, just to say, you know, that we had like a massive killers, dictators, and they and they did a lot, some good things like economic reforms. So it's really difficult to 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 combine these things together. It's like, a, for example, Hitler. You know, he built like a highways uh, um, in Germany, but nobody says, "Hey, like Hitler." Well, well, he was like a massive killer, but at the same time, he he built like a highways in Germany. So, um, so the problem is that um, Argentinians or many Argentinians, uh, many Argentinians, they have like a, any right wing or any right right wing economic reforms. They have it as they have it associated with the fascism or dictatorship. You know, so when you just say uh, when you, uh, there are some places in Argentina when you just say, hey like a lower taxes they will tell you hey you're a fascism or so something like that you know like so so <laughs> so it's difficult and but what it's important to say like javier Milei changed it so basically he started to spread the message of freedom yes. in argentina and explain and he started explaining like the like hayek mises you know all these like uh, thoughts ideas of austrian economy and yeah so so like a lot of people thanks to Milei change opinions about like uh, uh about how society or how economic uh, economy works and it's good so yeah and uh, also like a leftist girl that Argentina is, yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. also true yeah and anon uh man has another good point here didn't they announce that all contracts can be finalized in crypto yeah i believe they did say uh in any Right, so they're kind of getting rid of legal tender law, if yeah. if I interpret it correctly. So you don't have to just use the peso or the dollar to to settle your contracts. You can use crypto or anything else, gold. Right, I think that's what what happened down there recently. Right? Yeah, uh, they announced uh, you can basically do contracts in any currency you want, but this is quite normal also in many other countries, like uh, in Panama, they. They have it for for many many many. Right, right. Or even in the U.S., I could say, you know, uh, I could demand. Uh, also, yeah, we yeah. Could, we could also contract in Monero, but I think the idea is here that it might be that debts can be settled in things other than the legal tender. I believe. Which I, I think. Be I think it's not about public tender. I think this is not about paying, like about public tender. Uh, about that you basically pay. Uh, like a settlements, for example, or taxes or any fees towards the governments in crypto. I'm not sure about this. I I consider this announcement just to be like a PR. It's a good PR, but it's just like a PR. Okay. Okay. Know? But yes, I think like many socialists, they're afraid Argentina can be like a nice example of functional or more functional society in these days. It's I think so because, for example, most almost all European politicians in these elections they supported Massa, the opponent opponent of Javier Milei, and this Massa was basically uh, he's like a he, he he was the Ministry of Economy of Argentina before, and he's one of the main responsible persons 
for this hyperinflation. So basically, Argentinians, they have two options in these elections. They could vote for uh, like uh, Massa, who was responsible for the hi- massive hyperinflation, or for Javier Milei. So, so many people voted for Javier Milei just because they didn't want to vote for the crazy guy Oh, crazy guy, like a guy who 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 caused like hyperinflation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would have been it would have been wild if he didn't win. Although when I went down there and t- in my anecdotal, you know, just talking to people, I did I didn't think Millet was going to win. As ridiculous as it would have been, because yeah, to vote for the guy who is literally partial, you know, very much responsible for the inflation, which is insane. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's also like a big surprise, very big yeah. surprise, because because uh, like a Mila is even like a really how to say expressive, you know, like a, for example, he 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 told like a publicly that the 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 the, the government, the state, is a pedophile inside of public school you know yeah. and we're like a pupils cannot like a defend or something like that you know i'm not sure like a normally politician can say something like that you know <laughs> yeah, he says some graphic graphic things uh yeah so I, he's like a, yeah, i don't know he's quite crazy you know like a, this is like a different yeah. politics culture like in europe right we used to know you know like that's why they were comparing him to Trump in that regard. Uh, he's really not comparable in his policy. In terms of perhaps his character that he puts out there, his the charisma that he uses with being just so so honest in what he has to say and not holding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, w- one important information: Millet is he's really good economist. So he's like an Austrian economist. Okay, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's good in many other things. But what I can say for one hundred percent, he is good economist, and he knows how economy economy works. Uh, so I I believe him, especially in these economical like uh, issues, or you know, not sure about the, anything rest. But I think he's really good. He's like a professor of like uh, Austrian economy. You know, like he knows it. He's like a good. He's like a professional. Well, like I said, we uh, we hope to be doing Monerotopia down there in a year. It'd be awesome if uh, if you can join us. Which it sounds like that might be possible, right? Because you- yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm 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 attending every Monero conference everywhere. Oh, so exactly. I, I hope I'm more than sure I'll be there. Like uh, November, you want to organize it in November or December? Alongside La Bitconf. yeah, alongside La Bitconf. Yeah, it's so, so it'll be like a beginning of November, maybe mm-hmm. December. Yes. And November and December is the best month. Uh, in Argentina, you know the best weather. It's it's like yeah. a it's like a late spring. We were we were down there. You we were probably down there the same time you were. Maybe a little early. We were down there during La Bitconf. I wish I would have oh, known. Okay. I, I would have reached out to you. Yeah, I skipped La Bitconf this year, but I was there like a two years ago, like last year and two years ago. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's for me. It's like a very commercial conference. You know, the reason why I laugh. Monorotopia, the reason why I laugh uh, like these monor conferences because it's still for me it's like a yes it's like a it's authentic it's like a community it's like yeah. an underground it's community conference and love it and there is no such there is no similar conferences you know like a, yes it's different for monorotopia for me it's like a bitcoin conferences were like a 
12 years ago, you know, or something. Yeah. No, no, we don't want to, we don't want to lose that. Actually, so when we met with La BitConf people, they they said we could maybe even integrate Monerotopia into their conference. And I was a little uh, as much as that that would be amazing because they have so many people that attend i also don't want it to become super corporate you know like bitcoin conference you know as as you know you've experienced it right so it'd be hard to to keep our integrity what we are if we were to integrate into their conference and become part of it so i think we're going to do it outside of theirs we're going to do it with the way we've done the last one with mexico we're going to have our a marketplace so like a real marketplace with people accepting monero for what they're selling and then we'll just do it alongside la bitconf maybe overlap around the, the same time so that people that are attending la bitconf will be encouraged to also come and stop by the monero marketplace in in buenos aires you know that's yeah, a thing. definitely do the separate conference yeah, i strongly yeah. recommend you just yeah, do the yeah. separate conference and i think like a buenos aires can offer you like so many beautiful places where you can organize this conference and you know like uh yeah buenos aires is like a is for me if i can like a compare like a buenos aires is like a cosmopolitan international city like a new york city like london you know like a like like any big city like los angeles with everything what the big international cosmopolitan city has but with the really funny prices you know like uh, three times less (laughs) (laughs) so yeah yeah like for example uh i was like a i was like a really like a uh, super rich person in Buenos Aires because instead of six zero dot zero six dollars for public transport ticket, I pay like a crazy one or two dollars for Uber. You know, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll so, see that's going to change a little bit, but still, be, um, compared people coming to the U.S., so will be they'll get their dollar will still go a long way for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you, in speaking of Monero conferences, Monero Con. Obviously, we did at Parnelli Polis last year, which was amazing. Uh, for those who don't know, Pavel, you're you're a big part of you're a big part of that. You're one of the the founders, right, of Parnelli Polis, uh, which is amazing for people who don't realize what that means. I mean, these these guys started this this crypto anarchist institution years ago, right? When nobody even knew the term. When nobody even knew the term. When when did that start? In 2011, right? And you had you had the first Bitcoin cafe there. The first Bitcoin cafe in the world was there. Um, and so, what I wanted to ask you, I saw I saw some drama with Parnelli Polis. Can you give us some insight there? Yeah, I don't have, you know, <laughs> yeah this is like a, some a bit sensitive topic. So I'm not. I, I don't know if I can provide like a many useful information. But anyway, um, in Parnelli Polis, we organized like a. Um, Ethereum conference, which was like a pretty big, and it was in during summer in July or June, mm-hmm. and there was like a Vitalik Buterin and many other like a uh, like a important Ethereum Ethereum people, mm-hmm. and we basically as a parallel policy we rented uh, this place to Ethereum Foundation, and the problem I wasn't there, but the problem was that we basically uh, didn't agree on the price and it was a, a bit more more complicated but basically they they think that they should pay less and we think that we they should pay more so basically now we have some kind of dispute process or we are trying to solve it and of course there are like a a lot of shit storms and drama and everything but yeah 
So it's basically full. Is it is it in trouble though, Parnelli Polo, in terms of funding or something, or you think you think they'll be okay? Like uh, this amount of money was it was quite a lot of money. I mean, this can cover one or two or three months of uh, like a rental. But so so like uh, we are thinking to either close Parnelli Polis completely oh. or just or just yeah, it's like a like a, it's a, it's like a series of things or. After ten years, also we don't have like a, so much ener- energy and enthusiasm, and it was like a really hard, you know, like a, to keep this place running for uh, so much time. And, or the other option is just to make some restru- restru- restructuralization of the project. So basically, we will change it somewhere. So basically, there will be some other companies responsible for this building, and we'll be like under this company we don't know yet exactly but it's still in, in the process so uh if you are just asking me about the the fate or the future of parallel police next years i have no idea and nobody knows oh wow wow okay so nobody knows so so basically the Carol, the Carol conference was supposed is supposed to be there um, yeah, yeah. We even don't know if like a HTTP conference uh, will be this year or not. Oh, we, wow. we basically were planning to have the last HTTP to the to be to be the last like a 10, 10 years anniversary anniversary. But let's see. I have no idea now, and nobody uh, nobody knows. So don't ask anyone else. Nobody knows now. <laughs> yeah, I know. But we're asking the source. <laughs> well, I hope I certainly hope it works out. Um, I know and. And at least for the Monero conference, because it's cool, because they were going to do that, I guess, at the same time that it was crypto blockchain week or something in, in, in mm-hmm. Prague, right? So uh, I hope that works out. And, uh, yeah. yeah I, like, what I can tell you, like, Monero is very, uh, is very favorite in, Czech, in the Czech Republic and also in, in Slovakia, you know, like... Awesome. Uh, yeah, people. Well, because they 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 understand and respect respect the free market, right? And black market, dark markets, right? They they were using those those things back before Bitcoin and Monero even existed, right? And I think maybe this is like some kind of like a political uh, question, but mm-hmm. I think that that Monero has a uh, special place in in the in the cryptocurrencies. Because even crypto maxis, like a Bitcoin maxis, many of them, not sure if most of them, but m- many of Bitcoin maxis do not consider Monero to be shitcoin. That's a special exception, just mo- not Monero. Everything, uh, everything else is shitcoin, but not Monero. You know that? Because I, I, I met some like a Bitcoin maxis and they tell me, okay, you are Monero extremist, but Monero, that's all we are willing to accept. Everything else is just shitcoin. Right, right, right. <laughs> There's yeah. Bitcoin, there's shit coins, and then there's Monero. Yeah, um, exactly. Something. Uh, by the way, this is also like uh, also about Argentina. Argentine Argentinians they do not consider themselves to be Latinos. They are oh, not Latinos. Yeah, yeah I guess no, I never they are not Latinos. Don't call Argentinians don't call that Latinos. Be yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Argentinians are they consider themselves to be Europeans, like Italian, Spanish, something like. Nobody knows. In Europe, that the Argentinians are Europeans, okay, or there are just Argentinians, but not Latinos. You know, <laughs> that's good so, advice. Yeah. Good um, advice. So, so, so I so back to Paraloni Police. Basically, let's see how the situation will be solved uh, in the in in the in the following months. But I 
I really hope like it'll be it'll be solved some uh, solved some way. And I also hope that like a uh, next Monroe conference will be in Paralympolis, but not sure, mm. not sure about that. Like, uh, let's All right. see. All right, Pavel, man, thank you, thank you so much for for all the information, hanging out with us the day before Christmas. Um, if you can stick around, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and do some news. I don't know if you have time. If you have time to just chill and hang out for a little bit, because then we'll we'll bring people up on stage and we'll just continue the conversation. So, if you can stick around, by all means, please do. If if not, I understand. And thank you, man. And I'll certainly be in touch with you with regards to ideas for XMR Bazaar and for talking about Monerotopia in Argentina. Um, thank you thank you a lot for the invitation. It was a pleasure to uh, talk with you. And if you plan to organize uh, Monerotopia in Buenos Aires uh, next year, uh, the next year for 99%, I can promise you I'll be there for 99% too. <laughs> Fantastic, man. Fantastic. Is there is there any information you want to put out to the people? Places where people can find you, learn more about you. I know you know some of the the businesses that you are involved in, uh, like we said, like the consulting for, um, you know, giving consulting uh, advice to to businesses, uh, much like the conversation we just had, and, and obviously much more deeper. Just um, if you want to put the word out on on some of these things you do and services you offer. Yeah, thank you a lot. Do you want do you want to tell people? Do you want to tell people that? Oh, like, okay. uh, yeah, the service. Yeah, definitely. So, so okay. So, um, I have a personal website. It's called opportunist.global in English. Uh, I also have my personal email, which is called I am at opportunist.global. And I have the company. Um, I have like multiple companies, but um, basically, one of my company is focused on IT security, penetration testing, security auditing. And second company, my recent company, it's called Liberation Travel, and we basically helping the customer to opt out of the systems. Or um, better said, we are helping to decrease exit cost from the system. So, for example, you. You live somewhere. You have some bank accounts. You have some residence, and so on. So basically, we are we help you to to minimize necessary expenses to leave the system. That's what we do uh, for basically any customer in the world. Yeah, and this oh, is my cool. this is my website. And so we can find more information. Yeah, what is it? And what is again for that? It's what's the domain? Opportunities.global. You can see the private chat. Okay. Yeah. We can bring it up. And, but, um... Hold on yeah, and and my company, many my company, uh, doing this kind of business is liberation travel. Okay, liberation travel. Yeah, I'm getting also varieties. Yeah, put in the chat. Awesome. Okay, and and actually, we'll be reaching out to you too uh, regarding the Noto project. I I had somebody reach out to you. Maybe maybe we'll we'll have you guys yeah. do some security testing on on the Noto. I received the email. I sent it to my colleagues, but now it's our Christmas. Uh, there is like a Christmas time, uh, so basically, uh, we'll let you know. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. I, I I send the information to my colleagues. Yeah. Wait, is this your? Is this the right site? No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. it's my, my site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure Maybe you right should right. go down. Should go, go down, go down. There is like okay, go down, go down. There is like okay, a blog I brought. Uh, to interrupt, but Tony only has a few minutes, so we should probably move on to the news. Okay. There okay. is like a blog. There's like a block. Go go to the left to, with this block, and no no go up go up. There is like a list of blocks. Yeah, here and go to the left. Now click to this like an arrow. Uh huh. Yeah yeah. 
And this is the, the article, why you should use all legal ways to avoid paying taxes. Read uh, more. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> all right, all right, yeah. guys. Check that out. Check that out, everybody. I will give that a read. All right, Pavel, we got to move on because our, our news guy may, may have to leave. Um, yeah, okay. Stick around if you can, and uh, let's let's do the news. Thank you so much, Pavel. Yeah, Pavel, thanks for your time and your insight, and good to meet you. Thank you a lot. See you in Buenos Aires, guys. Cheers, man. All right. All right, let's run the news segment real quick. And now for our weekly news segment. All right, Tony. Hey, Tony. guys. Hello. He's back. Merry Christmas. Uh, Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, man. Merry Christmas. Where are you? I'm in uh, Florida right now, actually. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, I moved back. Yeah. And I got Saturdays back, which is good. So, yeah. Sorry, sorry it took so long, but I had Pavel on. I just, I, I, I love talking to that guy. No, no, it's no, it's a good conversation. Like I was listening to it and cleaning my apartment, making rice and stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> I was tuning in. All right. So uh, yeah, you want to want to give us the news? I know we have quite quite a few stories, and we'll get through oh, that. Yeah. And then we can get viewers on stage. Awesome. I like your sweater, by the way. <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah, I got this years ago. People people are asking where I got it. I don't even remember who was selling it at the time. I just saw oh, the tweet of, for that MM crypto guy that was wearing it show up on my timeline. Yeah, yeah, maybe we can bring <laughs> that up. It's funny. Okay, so let's get into the news section, everybody. First of all, again, um, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. I hope that you get to spend dinner with your loved ones and really appreciate these moments where finally you can all be at a table together because everybody may be like in different states, different cities, different parts of the world. So it's truly the most beautiful time where we all get together. So hopefully you're going to have a great time. Uh, now, even better news. Uh, CakePay adds over 500 new XMR purchasable gift and prepaid cards. So um, that's a lot. And now you can add MasterCards to Apple Pay and Google Pay wallets for smooth transactions, which makes it a lot easier to spend. And it is finally possible to choose exact amount for most prepaid debit cards and gift cards. So you're not going to have uh, leftover balances, basically. Um, I'm super happy about this. So wait, Tux, so the, the gift card thing is back and up and running? It's fully running? Yeah, so we've had CakePay um, on the website only for a while. Um, but over time, the the provider we were using they were just lacking in availability and their stock would constantly be going out, especially for the prepaid Visa debit cards. But now we've got our old provider back because they were bought out by a different company and, and they're running again and they're willing to work with us. And so we've got basically everything we had before and even more. And you can choose exact denominations for almost all the gift cards, including the Visa and debit cards, uh, exact amounts. And it's, got support the mastercards have support for apple pay and google pay so you can have it on your phone and use it in real life so yeah you can you can get so many things on cake pay now and and you effectively you just need an email right i mean when That's i first yep. pay right so it's the same setup in terms of all you need is an email right exactly the same um and for for the prepaid uh debit cards uh you do need to provide my prepaid center they do ask for a bunch of information and you can choose to give like like what information they give that you give them but um they do ask for like certain information but for all the other gift cards uh yeah all it all requires is an email and then the gift card gets sent directly into your email and that's it it's pretty great yeah i was kind of, was kind of sad when um you guys had to shut it down for a little bit, and I'm happy that it came so fast back and so much better. Yeah, I, I love that. You know, Vic, Vic did not give up on that, right? He, he oh, made no. it. Oh, you did it, it yeah. yeah. Back better than ever. Yeah, because it's so good. <laughs> like now, you can put it in your Apple Pay, and you can get a prepaid card. Like it's not. It's, have to be... 
it's one of the best selling points too when you're out there teaching people about crypto, teaching them about Monero, right? When you give tips, so yeah, hey, download Cakewell. I'll send you, you know, five dollars, ten dollars in Monero, and then when they're like, well, now what do I do with it? We always had the end. Well, you use CakePay, so luckily that's now back. We'll as mention a, as it's a, not inside the app again yet, but we'll we'll see about that in the future. It's not completely um, that idea isn't gone. So okay, okay, yeah, but it's one of those things. Like it's so good, you can't let it go. I mean, just makes it a, a lot easier because before you would just tell pe- people, um, yeah, you got some Monero, and if the other person wants to get the wallet and blah blah. And now you can just you know, purchase gift cards and actually use it. So that's cool when you okay. get people on. Uh, now let's get into two interesting stories, uh, which mentioned hacking. Um, so Lapsus, dollar sign, it's basically um, a hacking group, GTA 6 hacker handed indefinite hospital order. Okay, so basically what this whole article says, this 18-year-old hacker leaked uh, clips of the forthcoming GTA 6 game, a lot of clips of how it looks like. And then basically... What he did, he sent a text saying, we are Lapsus. Remember our name. We have your user data. We have ease, blah, blah, blah. Basically, pay us for millions USD in Monero before the 20th. So not Bitcoin, Monero. People are uh, finally uh, catching on to the fact that Monero is private and it's just way less of a hassle when it comes to privacy and they don't want to risk anything. So they, they ask for Monero. Now, is this good? <laughs> not not really. It's one of those instances where Monero is used for uh, nefarious activities. But, you know, if you need to use it for good, if you need to use it for bad, Monero has your back. Um, yeah, so... Monero does not judge. It's just it's just the best tool for, for the job of digital cash. But yeah, it, it's also... It's great exposure for Monero, right? People are now seeing it. They're reading these articles. Uh, people that are, you know, because uh, this this was a tremendous story, right? This, this from BBC. This. So, you know, people that might not even be that into crypto, and they're like, wait, what is this? What is this? Mon-? He asked for Monero? What is this Monero thing? Mm-hmm. Why was he for Bitcoin? That's crazy, especially since it's with a GTA 6 thing. It's got huge exposure. Yeah. It gives yeah. it even more. So Who was this kid? This kid's 18 years old, right? Amazing. Yeah, and very bold, but also just um, for curiosity. So I didn't know, but GTA 6, actually, the whole game is going to be about 760 gigabytes. Oh, wow. It's a big game. Shit. <laughs> like a whole terabyte just to play it. It's crazy. Yeah, um, yeah that's for that story. And then former security engineer. What was that, sorry? Another same concept here, right? Yep. Yep, same thing. So basically, former security engineer for an international technology company, please guilty to hack into decentralized cryptocurrency exchanges. Um, you sent this to me, and then I was reading about it, and I was like, okay. So you know what he did? He admitted that he hacked. Uh, he hacked both, and then he said, in in total, Ahmed used his technical know-how to steal over twelve million twelve million dollars and tried to cover his tracks by swapping stolen crypto for Monero. Using crypto cryptocurrency mixers, hopping across blockchains, and utilizing overseas crypto exchanges. Okay, basically, this is the best option that he could have used from for all of them uh, to conduct his nefarious activities. So again, yeah, did, did, they, did they confiscate his Monero? I didn't take a. I don't know if I took a good look at the article. Um, they they said that. I mean, I think he said specifically that he's gonna get back all the money that he stole from people in the beginning of the article. Uh, okay, I'm curious if the U.S. government confiscated his Monero because that—that's right. We in the past when we've seen confiscations with Bitcoin and that the Bitcoin was auctioned off. I yeah. think there was a report going around saying that like it was going to be the policy of the U.S. government to 
destroy destroy Monero that was com- not destroyed, but essentially never put it back on the market. Um, <laughs> which is which is interesting. As yeah. they auction it off. Yeah, in this instance, I'm pretty sure that um, it was like in the beginning of summer. Um, basically, he's he's going to give the money back to the people that he sold it to. So I don't think the government is actually confiscating the the Monero. Like in, in the past, yeah, they would confiscate it and they would hold it, and there were large large holders of certain cryptos. But no, yeah, another situation. But like I said, I think it is the policy of the U.S. government not to auction it off. But well, that's another topic. But there might be come into play here it sucks more for bitcoin because if they actually hold it in bitcoin and they become the largest holder um then because there's just 21 million coins Mm -hmm. so that's gonna suck for bitcoin at least monero we have the uh telemission very smart implementation television is amazing um okay then let's get into uh, cbdc stuff and then we'll get into other things uh the first thing so the first time i'm pretty sure in history where a CBDC, the um, the digital uh, the digital yen has been used to purchase gold. So, uh, the first ever cross border settlement for precious metals using the digital yuan, central bank digital currency, also known as the ECNY, was recorded on December twentieth. They bought fourteen million dollars worth of gold. Um, this the account will contribute financial strength to support Shanghai's in depth implementation of the free trade pilot zone promoting strategy and promote the quality and upgrading of the international trade center. Um, and then they were talking about let me see where that was exactly. They're talking about iron as well. Yeah, a Bank of China Shanghai is currently one of the lead supporters of digital yuan pilot testing and recently facilitated the import of iron ore to China via the CBDC. So they're starting to use CBDCs for more and more things, such as purchasing gold, iron. Now, you use CBDC to purchase these, these things, and then they know how much you have. <laughs> they know how what you purchased, how much of it, and all this information. So, yeah, you escape, uh, I guess you, you escape inflation on some level, you know. Um, but they still, it's not private. They know how much you have and everything. And probably even where you store it. And it's a hassle to move gold around. Um, weighs then, a little. What was that? I said weigh, weighs quite a bit. Yeah, it weighs quite a bit too. Yeah, I know. I, yeah. Um, I have a friend and he actually has uh, a whole safe, like tens of pounds of, of silver. Maybe hundreds, I don't know. So good luck moving that if you want to move cities or anything or even states. Crazy. Yeah. That's why, like, again, Monero is so cool. You can literally have a bunch of money stored on your device, move anywhere, and it weighs nothing. It only weighs as much as your device that you carry with with it weighs. That's it. That's so good. Um, then Palau advances CBDC with Ripple in phase two. So um, in previous episodes, we talked about a phase one of this implementation. Ripple helping Palau to reach their CBDC goals. To move on to the second phase. Uh, basically, um, the, this is a stable coin and it's a digital currency pegged to the United States dollar, which uses Ripple's XRP, XRP ledger. Um, I was always thinking, especially a couple of years ago, um, when I heard the first time when Algorand is helping all these countries with CBDCs and, and Ripple now and all these things. And <laughs> definitely they, they're not part of the, the revolution because Monero would never or anybody monero would not never help with cbdc's or anything so 
This was an interesting article. And they also said, um, so yesterday, uh, the Republic of Palau Ministry of Finance officially launched phase two of the Palau stablecoin program based on one-on-one tokenized US dollar. Uh, they seek to expand accessibility and user participation. Um, yeah, so CBDC is going to come soon for them as well in Palau. Then Nigeria's top banks collaborate on new uh, CNGN stablecoin. Uh, it's it's a complement. It's not a substitute of what they already have in Nigeria. And it's interesting how, I think in, in the beginning of the year, we were just talking about how they have the Nigeria, and then we would joke around how nobody uses it, just 0.5%. And now they force them to use it. And now they have um, the stablecoin on top as well. So Nigerian banks are collaborating to create and oversee a new stablecoin, um, CNGN, which is a novel digital currency designed to bring advantages to both <laughs> token holders and the Nigerian economy. Um, basically, and there's a lot of banks partnering, Axis Bank, Sterling Bank, Providus, Carapay. Um, but the CNGN, they said is a compliant and regulated consortium backed stablecoin that we have been advocating. It maintains a peg to the Naira in a reserve bank account. And um, the difference is that this new stablecoin is developed on public blockchains, Bantu, Polygon, Ethereum, BNB, Smart Chain, and Tron. Um, yes, and it's a complement, it's not a substitute. And that it's going to have broader capabilities. And it's the CNGN is overseen by a consortium involved in Nigerian banks. Um, yeah, so going to have this system as well besides the uh, CBDC. Um, then we have what I thought was interesting from Monerica project, which you should definitely check out. It's really amazing. Uh, Ghostbox. So I actually never heard of Ghostbox until today. So Ghostbox is a privacy-oriented free speech one-time payment email service hosted in uh, Warsaw. No internal encryption bullshit. Emails by design will inevitably be decrypted somewhere along their way to our server. Most importantly, which is interesting, we only share email address info when legally required by court order from a court with jurisdiction over our server. Even then, we always send a copy to the affected email address. And you can pay with this in, in Monero. That's cool. Yeah, so that was interesting. Then foundation device. So for a long time now, foundation is a really well-made device and everybody wants Monero on, on foundation. And so uh, someone asked, Vanessa Harris asked, so when you all shipping Monero support, and they said there's an active effort to create a passport firmware fork to support Monero. We expect to see an outcome by end of quarter one next year. That's super exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That, that you know, all, all those, you know, the BTC privacy people, they're, they're becoming exposed to Monero. And there, now there's this potentially uh, great option for Monero users to store their, store their crypto. I think last year I made a comment if they're going to support Monero. And I've, I'm not sure what response I got, but it wasn't. Yeah, I, I heard inklings of it, but now uh, I didn't really, I, I never really saw them directly talking about it. So this is, mm-hmm. this is really what they're confirming that. It, and it's, they said quarter one, right? Yeah, yeah, so pretty soon. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, awesome. that is awesome. Wait, so are they saying that people at Passport are actually, or people at Foundation are actually working on it? Uh, what, what did it say, Tony? This is there's an active effort. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is, oh, this is forked from. I guess Maybe it's they not just a- have people that are actually working on the bounties, is what they're saying. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, possibly. Yep, yep. That would be awesome, though, because the passports are really nice. It's a really nice device. It's really nice. Passport, Bitcoin. They're really nice. So that's even from the beginning, I was wondering. It that. probably was- become the preferred hardware wallet option for Monero, right? I mean, because yeah, it's just so yeah. nice. Yeah, so that's going to come soon. Cool. Super cool. 
Yeah. We could, I think we could kind of thank Seth for that, right? He's he's a big part of that that team over there. Mm-hmm. I think he joined last year. Yeah. Yeah, but it's so cool. And it's kind of like under disguise. People will just think, what do you have on Nokia still? <laughs> like, this is 2024. <laughs> I mean, Snake is cool, but it's time to move on. So the design is so And I cool. appreciate their their posture on open source and open hardware. They're very serious about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, I'm excited about that. Now, this is interesting, what Gunbat uh, Fire tweeted. So um, <laughs> um, you can now legally pack contracts in Bitcoin, Monero, gold, gallons of milk, literally anything, you name it, you can. So uh, let me see. Article 766 in Argentina, obligation of the debtor. The debtor must deliver the corresponding amount of the designated currency, whether the currency is legal tender in the Republic or not. So (laughs) you can use whatever you want, basically, to to pay back. That's very interesting. Um, Yes, you can pay back your debt, I guess, with milk or whatever the other person wants back mm-hmm. yeah we were talking about this with pavel um that's seems to be what what they're saying right uh gambat that was we have gambat in the chat um yeah, yeah that's cool that's cool if that's the case that's really cool and but like that's with monero yeah you can yeah 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 which is awesome uh, i was having some conversation with um a guy some time ago like some people actually advocate for um just trading and no money but for me like it doesn't make any sense i think we need money so but if we have money as well and then you can opt out by doing this as well legally and that's that's interesting that's cool i think because mm. i was thinking like the people that want they want they don't want money anymore they want to go back to trading okay well what if i really want to get this plane ticket and they don't accept my i don't know my cows or my sheep and that's all i have you know so i need money but if you have that on the side that's cool now, um, the number of Monero transactions is surging, increasing from 25K per day to 50K per day. Does anyone have an explanation for the significant rise? That is big. And, and uh, man, say Mordinals, really? Are, are they back? Are Mordinals? I don't think it's Mordinals. <laughs> I don't think they're really, right? Nobody's really doing Mordinals because they kind of, they're kind of booted off, right? It, they've made it difficult <laughs> to do Mordinals on Monero. Yeah, TX Extra. They made it hard. They could still get around the limitations of TX Extra, but it was made harder for the way that they were doing it initially. And I don't think it took off at all. I didn't hear, I've never heard anything about Mordenal since the beginning of this year. Yeah. I think we would, we would have certainly heard about it on Monerotopia, right? Um, Yeah. Remsey saying, plus I was buying substances for my new year's party. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of substances. The currency of choice for preparing for, (laughs) for new year's Eve parties. That's a lot of substances right there. <laughs> it's going hard. I mean, who knows, right? I mean, we, we've seen these spikes in the past. People say it could be, uh, you know, adversaries trying to gain information, right? On uh, mm-hmm. Monero. Uh, for Dust attacks. Or ring signatures, right? Trying to get, trying to uh, basically gain information on the, on the decoys. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Maybe... <laughs> Maybe uh, Alaska Anon has some insights into that. If he's if he's in the chat, bring him up. But every once in a while, we see a spike like that. Yeah, it is a weird. Uh, like within a day, it went from like twenty something k to fifty k. It is pretty odd that it would go up just like that. Unless there was some kind of man, we need we need body. We need body today. Yeah, like, Unless like there's some kind of market signals or something. Because like 
things have been, you know, looking and being kind of interesting in the market in the past few weeks. Bitcoin's been kind of going up and down a little bit, but yeah. it could also be like dusting attacks, right? Right, potentially Trying to sniff out all the the decoys, like you said. We, I mean, we don't know how how effective it is. I mean, we see we see these spikes every once in a while, so. Or somebody just just testing that. Maybe it's, maybe it's Arctic Mind just, just testing, <laughs> testing out the network. See what you can handle. I don't know. He's testing in his apartment. Are you, are you spamming the Monero network, running some tests? <laughs> um, who knows? Yeah, we don't know. But exciting, what... to see, exciting to see whether it's for people that are trying to take you know uh, gain insight into the Monero network, or if it's just organic adoption. Something. Hap- I mean, I guess it wouldn't be organic adoption. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, I don't know, but some kind of spam, or there is no spam, right? We we don't. Yeah, no, wish it was organic adoption, but I think it's just it's something else. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens next. But what's cool is that right here, the fees actually got lower. So bring it on. Bring transactions as high as possible. Bring the volume because the fees will get lower. <laughs> so it's only good. Now the last thing, saying every time BTC fees go up, Monero usage increases. LTC tracks. And oh, yeah, tracks. that's also a good point because of the, the constant. Really went up. I don't know. Yeah, the way it went up was weird. Like, of course, there have been a lot of people that have been using Monero because of it so high, but the one day where one from needs an explanation. Yeah, I'm really curious now, actually. Man, it'd, it'd be cool if, you know, uh, this New Year's is the year that Monero hits, you know, steadily like levels up to like 50K transactions, right? Like now we're, we're usually at the 20K number. Yeah, but it'd be beautiful to see if the new if the new normal is is 50k transactions. I mean, right now, Bitcoin is still for medium priority. It's 66 sat per byte, which is ten dollars. So it's still it's not as high as it was before, but it's still pretty expensive. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. So Whatever. we'll have to see. But let's talk about the letter from Senator Warren um, criticizing oh, a recent <laughs> yeah um, criticizing a recent letter to Congress co-signed by dozens of former U.S. military intelligence officers and national security professionals. Here's a letter from November 15th. Um, and then it says, let's read this. The signatory state clearly that no amount of money, whether it be gold, dollars, or digital assets, should be used to fund illicit activity. But we must also be able to have a reasonable conversation about the latter when it comes to proposed solutions to the problem. We hope that expert voices from the digital asset industry will help balance the conversation and lead to real solutions that respect technology and allow it to continue to grow in the United States. Yes. So that letter that you're reading, that's what Kristen Smith wrote Smith. of the Blockchain Association. She she was writing to members of, of the House to try to convince them or members of the Senate to not support Senator Warren's bill. Uh, and then Senator Warren got all pissed. <laughs> she wrote this letter. So then Senator Warren wrote a letter. Yeah, there's her letter. If you scroll down, that's yeah. the link. Senator Warren's letter, basically, uh, <laughs> you know, why are you out here trying to convince representatives not to support this bill? Um, it's it's going to be for purposes of protecting citizens against financing terrorism, things of that nature. And then Senator Warren basically accusing accusing crypto companies and what what is this company called that wrote the letter or this uh, association block uh, blockchain association blockchain association of <laughs> being in bed with the crypto companies right and using their influence to, it's, it's it's just really funny and ironic right because this is what happens in the banking industry you have senator warren 
that's working with the bankers and is influenced by the bankers, right? And then Senator Warren saying, oh, this is not right. Um, you have these cryptocurrency companies influencing and lobbying and influencing the um, trying to influence the, the regulators. And then we see like sweetheart deal jobs being given out to people that that work in you know that are working in the industry that or whatever that work as regulators or work or even are are representative elected representatives and then they go work for the crypto industry it's just funny to see senator warren pointing out these these things and being angry at about them when this is exactly what happens in in the banking industry with the banking regulations so finally senator warren is is waking up meanwhile she she's just as guilty of all these things that she's accusing them of, if not worse. Even if, you know, some people do choose, you know, from an arrow to actually fund terrorist activities. What about, <laughs> and we all notice, what about the actual government itself and the politicians that start the wars in the first place? Um, but yeah, it's, um, so yeah, in the letter she said, Dear Mrs. Smith, I read regarding a troubling new report that you, your association and other crypto interests are and other crypto interests are flexing a not-so-secret weapon, a small army of former defense, national security, and law enforcement officials to work on your behalf to undermine bipartisan efforts in Congress and the Biden administration to address the role of cryptocurrency in financing Hamas and other terrorist organizations. <laughs> yeah. Oh, only Senator Warren can, can take the high road. Yeah, she's, she's the worst, man. She's the worst. <laughs> But the thing is, the sad part is that when people lose arguments and then they still keep going with their own arguments, you just sound more and more un- really unsure of yourself and that you have other, um, what should I say, other feelings towards the topic that you don't actually care mm. about actually solving the situation because she just doesn't make sense. Senator Elizabeth Warren. Um, yeah, she's on, a, she's on a war path. Yeah, she's on a war path. Yeah, she is. Yeah um but yeah this was uh the news section for all right that's all right jody thank you so much man as always or thanks great to have you back thank you uh, yeah you could be a regular again that'd be great yeah i hope so i really hope so um yeah yeah next next uh, weekend is gonna be new year's eve so we're gonna have a different message for for new year thank you Um, yeah so i was thinking should, should we give out uh some 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 topia should we do like a, an awards for for the year give out some monero awards what do you guys think that would that could be fun right like up 2023 how so i don't know we can oh, come up oh. categories we could yeah, do yeah yeah that's what you mean. A, award show like i don't know uh individual or business that contributed most to growing monero adoption um you know best best monero development um I don't know. We come with something that that could be fun. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. And then next, we'll see. We'll see if it happens. It will take work. (laughs) 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 Maybe get the community involved with that. Like that that could be fun, though. Yeah. Um, Oh, like who won and for what? Yeah. 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 Thinking about it. Yeah, that'd be cool. Tony, thanks. Thank you so much, man. Stick around if you can. Uh, Tux, you want to get the roller viewers on stage? Thanks, Tony.
Okay, good to see thank you, again. you guys. Merry Christmas again. Have a, Merry a really Christmas. good time with your family. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Bye, guys. It's the viewers on stage segment. It's that time where we invite you, the viewers, up on stage to comment on anything you've heard so far today, ask the guest a question, or maybe talk about one of the news topics. Come on down. Hello, gentlemen. How's my sound? Hey there. Hello. And gone but fire. Hello. Gone bad. What's up, man? All good. All good. <laughs> so what, what what's going on, man? What's going down in Argentina? What's what's your latest take? Uh I mean it's crazy how we are still Hey gone back, can you turn your volume up just a hair or talk louder? Just a little bit. Uh yeah, is, there we go. Is this weather? Yes. 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 <laughs> um yeah, and no, I'm just crazy. <laughs> what is the did we get that right? Did they get essentially get rid of kind of the legal the legal tender rules down there, and people can settle debts in in anything? Uh, not yet, not yet. Uh, we still have legal tender, so we plan to abolish uh, the legal tender. Uh, that will come with the elimination of the central bank. Uh, so that's the goal. But for now, uh, we can you know anything regarding contracts, yeah, can be settled. In any currency, and I think the the key difference that I learned from uh, the U.S. system is that uh, in the United States you can already do a contract in whatever, like gold, but you're forced. Uh, Except gold. I'm not joking. No, Except not gold. gold? Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Uh, so, so yeah, you can make a contract in something other than the U.S. dollar. Uh, but uh, you are forced to to eventually uh, accept settlement in legal tender, so the U.S. dollars. Mm -hmm. So somebody wants to pay in dollars, to, they have to accept it. Yeah. So uh, you know what's new here is that uh, no for no judge can force you to to settle in legal tender. So if you make a contract in Monero, it has to be settled in Monero. So yeah. That's, oh, that's okay. That is okay. That that makes sense. yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. Um, what do you think? I, I keep bringing up this concept. Do you think we'll see the deterioration of the of the black markets there in Argentina? Uh, well, happening? for sure. Uh, yeah. For sure. Uh, one of the things Millet also uh, made in his decree is that uh, even though uh, the blue dollar is still illegal, uh, it will no longer be persecuted. So, you know, to allow... It's still there, but it won't be enforced. So, you know, basically Cuevas and all those uh, black markets uh, will continue to exist, but, um, you know, they can operate more freely. Oh, so you're saying they, they can operate more freely. So do you think the, the Cuevas, are they, but are they going to lose purpose over time and not really be as impactful? I, I completely disagree with that concept of that gonna, they're going to go by the wayside. I think that if anything, they're going to be three times more popular. You okay. think? I don't know. It, the I'm reason not. is simple. Like, think of all the people who have an economic incentive to use it, whether or not there's, uh, like, whether or not these currency exchanges are legal, but that we're afraid to participate in them because of the repercussions. Now, basically, yep, wasn't like they have a green all line. of society is already participating in it, right? I mean, Gambay, you know, you live down there. Give, give us insight. What yeah, I mean, it's a day-to-day -day occurrence. Uh, you know, it, their, their main function right now is to provide access to dollars because uh, most of the population is prohibited by the central bank of accessing dollars. But uh, even uh, through periods where, where dollars weren't prohibited, 
uh, they still existed because they allow, you know, uh, basically they allow you to send money or, or do transactions without, without uh, anti-money laundering. So I, I'm sure they will still be around, but, uh, uh, you know, maybe not, they, will, they won't be needed so much by the regular people, I believe. It, it's not, the regular people, I mean, maybe like plus or minus 5%. Okay, whoop-de-doo, that's not the point. The business to business side of things is what I think people are missing. If you're doing business in Argentina, whether you're a resident or a foreigner or whatever, um, being able to accept dollars and then exchange them in these all, all of these different venues without this looming uh, persecution over your head. And business to business transactions make up like over 90% of the economy, no matter where you are. Because even though it, it all is, you know, based on the end user, the end customer, money changes hands dozens and dozens of times before something is purchased by the end user, right? So if you think of it in terms of, let's say I'm an American and I go to a hotel and I can pay in dollars or I can pay in whatever. Um, well, the thing is, is that money will change hands with, you know, first the hotel pays like the caterer for a banquet or the caterer for a banquet pays a local rancher for the steaks. And the, the thing is, is all of those transactions will now see a more frequent usage of these, like, uh, I mean, we'll call it the free market exchanges, right? So with, with the business to business exchange volume exploding without the fear of repercussions, I mean, you would see them blow up and say, now I would imagine it'll dip down first and then it'll explode is, is at least from my perspective as a guy who does a lot of business to business interaction, right? That's the first thing that I think about. And that makes up the, the vast majority of the economy worldwide is business to business transactions and not having this legal authority like looking for people utilizing those things is going to open up people's mind to doing the thing that makes the most financial sense which is being able to take customers at whatever means they want to pay and swap it to whatever your providers want to use that that's such a huge inflow of uh, of exchange volume it's i mean it's so much bigger than what's being used right now yeah, that that's a good point, and I think that uh, you know actually most of the money on the uh, on Argentina is outside the banking system uh, because we certainly don't trust banks. And even though uh, the, the Millet's intention is to bring back that money into the banking system, uh, there still is a lot of distrust, especially because uh, a lot of times uh, you know a government came and allowed people to. Uh, legally laundered their money uh, and then a communist government came back and you know <laughs> uh, so people don't always trust uh, the banking system here so uh, yeah I think a lot of volume will still want to uh, transact outside of it it's true what do you think about crypto adoption uh, you know people were moving into crypto out of out of a need previously because of how bad the fiat system was if that gets starts to repair itself despite the fact that lay is making it more crypto friendly 
will there be less of a need for for regular average Joe Argentinian to, to use crypto or try it out? I'm just curious what your take is on that combat. And then Alaska, Alaska, now we could hear hear what you have to say. Uh, yeah, I think that for the regular people, uh, it won't be as necessary. Uh, I mean, for me, I, I got, you know, the first time I exchanged fiat for crypto was the day uh, a banker told me that I couldn't buy dollars. So, you know, that was the day I decided, okay, I'll just get crypto. Uh, so, you know, that will be, there will be less of a need for that. But, uh, you know, I, I could see the case for perhaps business. Um, you know, they, they may be interested in using crypto even more. Yeah, as an export economy, the 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 gains for businesses doing business with Argentina wanting to migrate to crypto, the the financial incentive is so overwhelming. And the other thing is, is you're going to quickly see like the coin card business model explode once these businesses realize how easy it is to do import export in crypto. And you're going to see businesses offering discounts for people just to use crypto in Argentina. Like that, it, it, it really is just a question of, you know, not to belittle the rest of the world, but at the same time, like people who have survived the Argentinian business climate up until this point are either really shrewd or really high IQ individuals. And they're going to see the, the incredible advantages that are afforded to getting money in and out of Argentina not even because of the Argentinian jurisdiction, but because of wherever they want to send the money to, right? I mean, look, China just had all of these reasons why they've been effectively politically kicked out of Argentina, but they have all of these investments tied up in Argentina. Well, how are they going to get their money back? You know, and and by the way, this plays into what I was trying to talk about before, which was uh, or in the chat. So the Monero price is going through a bunch of things that they might quiet down a little, but they're not going to go away. There's a reason why the Monero transaction volume and the Monero price is on the steady climb and why it happens in bursts. The first one is transaction costs and competing cryptos. The second one is clearing short position. There's all of these uh all of these exchanges that have been caught at least mathematically, like they have to be doing short positions. And then they have to clear those once in a while. And that ties into the redemption of withdrawals, which then ties into uh, when people are withdrawing their money from the, you know, as body likes to put it, the degenerate gambling that is these exchange like whorehouses, right? <laughs> when they're withdrawing their money, there's an incentive to withdraw in Monero. And then when they try to withdraw in Monero, we've seen what happens when they all, when they all rush for the exits. Oh, we're having technical. Oh, shocker, right? They keep having technical issues when people want to withdraw their money. It sounds like a banking. So um, it, it wasn't just from Remsey's uh, upcoming New Year's Eve party? Oh, I, I, I'm sure they're all tied together. He's probably the most degenerate gambler of all, I'm sure. Like, uh, <laughs> the, the saying is because of cake pay for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, it certainly helped. And I know, I know cake pay added that new exchange as well, where you can now in Europe. Uh, purchase Monero with your with your bank account. You know uh, that that was exciting news as well. And we saw. I think they tweeted that they had like over six hundred uh, wallets. The last numbers that they published was eight hundred wallets were linked to a bank. And this is the other thing. You know that that old um, 
like first they ignore you then they or like you know you got the stages of grief right the banking system is quickly moving into the bargaining phase right because the thing is is like the writing is on the wall and then either they can keep fighting it and not get their ill-gotten gains out of the broken system or they can start to bargain and comply and if they don't if they do that then they can at least leave their collapsing system with some of the gains that they have right so and and that's kind of the reason why i'm saying like there it's overwhelmingly favorable to monero to watch these uh these house of cards fall and i mean you've seen me on the show on the other side of things many many times before i'm not just like everything is a price pump everything is good news for monero i'm not that guy but really it, we've hit a phase where there there's a lot of reasons to believe that there there's future optimism for me i think uh year over year monero is up like 32 percent or something like that i mean it's it, it and it's fun. i swear it's almost like every time body doesn't come on the show the price it's like <laughs> but it's it's just like it's a stable coin for what like you know, straight five months or whatever buddy we love you we love you but you know stay home so we can watch the price go up da sales is saying hope everyone is well new to monero uh, welcome to Monero, man. You're you're welcome to jump up on stage too if you like. You could you don't have to show yourself. You could just talk. Uh, we put the link up, the Streamyard link. Uh, anybody's welcome, as you as you as you all should know by now, to jump up on stage and chat and ask questions. Why not? Remsey, what's going on, man? What's on your mind? Uh, yeah. So as far as um, general use cases, kind of one thing we we're talking about. I, I just wrote some notes down while people were talking, but yeah. So Monero's programmability still makes it harder to like embed into a day-to-day payment system. Like it's not as easy as like tap to pay. Like we don't have a crypto debit card. Like, um, but that's because of regulation. And so the regulation, as much as we just don't want to work with the government, we still like it is nice when they want to work with us. And that seems to be like a market trend. Like 2021, it seemed like people were really friendly. And then now they're kind of against it, but they're also doing this like double game where BlackRock's trying to approve the ETF, but then also politically they're trying to like, you know, come down on people. Um, and then as far as like an app like CakeWallet, I think it's more likely to see mass adoption in someplace like Argentina before the United States. Um, and then, yeah, I would say uh, as the last guy I was saying, like the, the banking system is kind of like seemingly on its last legs. Like Jamie Dimon is leaving, J.P. Morgan, Charlie Munger died. Like that's just not good signs for the banking system. And I, it parallels to me the political situation where they're trying to take Trump off the ballot. Like they're trying to basically cheat one of the candidates out because he's like messing them up. Um, so those are my thoughts. All right. Carnage. What's going on, man? I, th- I think it's your first time up. Uh, yeah. Hi, uh, well, uh, uh, So um, I wanted to uh, clear some doubts about Monero. Like a few days ago, I uh, purchased around $20 worth of Monero, all right? But, well, I'm not quite sure that how this works. Like I've researched a lot that uh, about mining and all, right? So what do we mine exactly? Because I did some mining on my laptop myself and my... Uh, hard disk is pretty much short because it gets heated quite uh, a lot so and i'm from india so i don't have much scope to use around here so uh, i want to be sure like if i'm mining so it has to be worth something right because hey carnage i i actually have a resource for you before you continue if you want to write this down or um we'll try to send it in the chat 
but there's a free publication called Zero to Monero. Zero to okay. Monero. I would really encourage you to start with Zero to Monero. The other thing is mining Monero is not usually as profitable um, because mining Monero is so popular. No, and the uh, reason I don't yeah. Yeah, the, the reason uh, for that is because it's, it's CPU mined and it's, uh, let's just say there's a, a very strong incentive for technically proficient people to use other people's computers, whether or not they know it. Um, so you're basically competing against hackers that are using like Amazon web service or like cloud computing services against the will of those cloud computing services. Um, but that is actually one of the strongest uh reasons to use monero is because the network is incredibly secure for that very same reason but it's it, it the real value of monero is its function in the parallel economy um you don't see a lot of volatility in monero and it, it trends upward like regardless of the outside circumstances but it's the utility of monero that gives it the such a values but start with zero to monero and then um yeah, i was to... starting mastering monero zero to monero is, is some heavy stuff that's like it gets kind of gets into the gets into the math right I start yeah but he, he's talking about mining monero if he wants to understand my and then mastering monero is actually the next uh i think that's what it's called but I, the, the next recommendation that i would have um is like if you want to understand the principles behind monero but as a newcomer to Monero, what I would tell you is the the ethics behind the pro the prog the project and kind of the intended function for the project is uh, it follows the Unix philosophy of do one thing and do it very well. And Monero is attempting to be private, secure digital cash. It is not trying to do smart contracts. It's not trying to do you know, meme yes, coins, uh, it's not yeah, a exactly like, uh, Yeah, if I can just interfere. So exactly, uh, uh, you keep saying like, even the Bitcoiners, they say that it's uh, cash, like a uh, digital cash, right? So uh, what is it exactly? Like, uh, it's basically program, right? It's just uh, a programming software, right? Because CBDC, that too is a programmable money. So how can I be sure that it won't be tampered with like, CBDC can. It's open source code and it's immutable. And so the whole network secures the code that anyone can go read. It's really complicated, but uh, it's a consistent code base that um, is, is used and it's uh, not really updated very often. When it is, it's generally like very simple stuff that's not not really related to the core of the system. Uh -huh. And um, so like uh, we are using internet, right? And Although we can't see internet as such, but it has a uh, real life practicality, right? Because if I'm ordering something online, uh, suppose from Amazon, I'm using the internet, but in real life, I'm purchasing something physical, all right? So um, how can I like transcend this, uh, transform this Monero into something physical? Like, I mean, it does, I mean, it. Uh, what is the, where is the existence of it? Like it's only in the digital realm, right? So how can I convince anyone that it has some existence? I mean, what's the, sure it's uh, private and there lies the whole uh, practicality of it, but it's untraceable. But like, uh, well, I can't explain it right. Uh, 
No, it, it, what you're explaining makes sense to us. In fact, people have been in the space for a long time. We're well aware of this. Um, and you're right that Monero can't be made physical, but that's also part of the allure is if it can't be made physical, then it can't be stolen physically, right? You More can't importantly, have it's, Go ahead. if something's physical, you can't transport it to the other side of the planet instantly. So I like to think of it in terms of that, especially as you said, you're from India, you know, a, a lot of people in India understand the functionality of silver and gold. Yeah. But anybody who's used silver and gold will quickly find the shortcomings to silver and gold. And I look at Monero as complementary. And the reason why I look at Monero as complementary is the smaller your denomination of gold, the more difficult it is to transact with. The smaller your denomination of silver, the more difficult it is to verify that you're getting what you're asking for. Monero is divisible to the eighth decimal. You can pay for a news article by the word, right? Yes, or you uh, but the uh, then again, it has to be pegged against some currency, right? Like USD or something. No, no, that's that's a fallacy. And it's, me, it's supply and demand. If, if, yeah, so there, the demand no is driven by the pegging to anything. The only reality behind pegging a currency to another currency is the threat of violence. So in other words, if I say that, you know, one peso is worth one dollar, I'm enforcing that exchange with violence or people are voluntarily accepting that exchange. Monero is a very so Monero has a higher price where I live than it did when I was in Mexico, for example. It's not a very big difference, but there is a difference. And that's because people in Alaska have lots of stuff, but they're very interested in having Monero and it's hard to come by if you're not willing to use exchanges, right? So there is a premium on getting Monero peer-to-peer -peer up here. And so, but they understand the economics behind that. Now, on the other end of things, if you're in a place with lots of crypto liquidity, you might be willing to take a discount on your Monero for access to physical cash, right? So the supply and demand is the only actual peg when it comes to economics. There's no such thing as pegging anything to anything. You can go to somebody and say, my gold bar is worth $2,100. But if they won't pay you for that, it's pegged to nothing, right? It's, if they're not willing to buy it at that price, then it's not worth that price. Pegging a currency, it, the only reason it exists is because it used to be enforced with violence. The US dollar was pegged at $35 an ounce to gold through the threat of confiscation and violence. Now, that's a relic of a, of a bygone era, the idea that something can be pegged to something else. Even the dollar right now is valued against a basket of currency for their going rate. It's not pegged to anything. Right. It's, it's, so, it's just suppose, the market uh, card. It's like, it's like if you, like uh, Alaska Nan is saying, if you, if you had gold, what, what backs gold, right? Nothing's backing gold. It's not pegged to anything. Mm -hmm. It's just what people are willing to pay for that gold. Uh, so it's same, same with Monero. Monero has, there's a market for Monero and it's supply and demand. There's only so much Monero that exists at any time. What you're, whatever you're willing the market is willing to pay for that Monero, however many U.S. dollars somebody's willing to give up, or or ruples or whatever it is, whatever they're willing to give up for that Monero, and it's really the market that determines it. It's not the government determining it; it's just the free market determining what they value Monero at. Uh, and they value it because it is useful. Yes. So how can I uh, like uh, suppose uh, I'm purchasing 
and a crate of eggs all right so a dozen of eggs it uh, i'm willing to pay uh, suppose 0.06 xmr for that crate of eggs and mm -hmm. so how am i going to make the decision that uh, this would be the right amount to pay or uh, maybe i'm paying more in xmr maybe well if you, go ahead go ask it on go ahead there's there's a famous uh a famous uh analogy for this carnage that it's better to use this than try to explain it the other way which is if you are in the desert and you've had no water for a day you would be willing to trade your life for a bottle of water because it, it is worth your life now you might be willing to pay a lot for a second bottle of water okay you might be pay, willing to pay a little bit less than that for the third bottle of water but eventually the value of that water deteriorates because you can only carry so much water right Marginal so, utility of it. yeah so the the idea being like it when you have a lot of something you're willing to part with it more freely when you have very little of something or it's so scarce that you can't even go on without it you're you're willing to pay a lot more for it so let me put this in the context of my understanding of where you live because you said you lived in india right yeah. so the in india you have a lot of repressive government bureaucracies okay mm -hmm which is one of the reasons why bribes command a premium and they're so common in India. Okay. So uh, in, in that context, Monero carries a higher value because number one, you don't want people to know how much money you have. And number two, if you wanted to pay a bribe, you would want to make sure that you could neither be prosecuted for paying, not that that ever happens in India, but like you couldn't be held accountable for paying a bribe, nor could you, nor could the person you're paying be held accountable for the bribe, right? And so just like Monero would have a higher premium in Alaska because it's so scarce, Monero would have a higher premium in India for the same reason, only in reverse, because the, the value of its liquidity, right? You're going to see Monero change hands lots and lots of times within the same circles, okay? Um, but on the flip side, there are a lot of things in India that are prolific, right? They're, they're, so uh, in other words, they're, they're easy to come by. And then there are other things in India that are really, really scarce. They're really, really hard to come by, right? When you're valuing that item in Monero, you're going to get a different price in India, then you're going to get in Alaska. So let me give you an example. An avocado or a mango in Alaska costs about four times as much as it does in like Washington or California. Or, I mean, it's even more like in Mexico. It's even more expensive than that if you were in Mexico, right? Because coming by an avocado or a mango in Alaska is next to impossible, right? The import costs and how by the time it gets to you, it's got like a two-day shelf life. But now mangoes in India are probably pretty cheap, right? By comparison, okay? But on the flip side, the the premium for gold in India is absolutely ridiculous, right? Yes. In Alaska, yes. I can get a handful of gold powder at like, you know, $1,400 an ounce, right? Like, And there's no premium, nothing. It's just a guy that came down from a gold mine. He got it all out of a river. There might be a couple little dust specks in it or whatever, but I can get a handful of gold nuggets and gold powder for $1,400 an ounce, right? 
in India, that would be absolutely ludicrous. Like everybody would be buying like crazy because, you know, mm -hmm. in India, it's, I mean, that would be an unbelievably good deal. In Alaska, it's literally in the ground in my backyard, right? And that's, that's the idea behind, well, how do you price something? The thing is, is you can't really price anything unless you look at the value in your current circumstance and what you're willing to pay for and the value in it. But it, like a lot of people- Last game, wanna... last game let, me, let me just jump in here because you gave him a lot of information. I, and I think his question was even like, is just really basic. He's just saying, I think if I understood him to cor correctly, he's just oh, saying- yeah, I love that. Oh, yeah. He explained it correctly. Oh, he did? Okay. Because I thought you were also saying like, you know, somebody's selling uh, a, a dozen eggs for 70 rupees. How do I, mm -hmm. just real simply, how do I know how much Monero I should be paying him? Right? Is that, yeah. is that what I guess you're... that would also depend on tail emissions and something like that, right? Because, well, just in the, in the simplest, just to make sure, like, that you, if somebody was selling eggs for 70 rupees, you would have to pay them 70 rupees worth of Monero, which would be based on what the exchange rate is. Yeah. So there. it would be pegged against Indian rupee. Yeah. So where, where did you, where did you per, I mean, I don't know if you want to tell it, but like, uh, how'd you obtain your Monero? You obtained it with cash? Uh, on local Monero. Oh, that's amazing. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Is there... Look, that's the only uh, way in India to purchase P2P. Amazing. Now, is Monero listed on any exchanges in India? I don't think it... Well, I suppose, it's illegal I don't want to give away my KYC, so... Right? Yeah, that's... Is, is it illegal on exchanges in India? Is that... I is think that... so, because, uh, but I haven't explored other uh, exchanges, uh, other centralized exchanges, because I just wanted to purchase it P2P. Fantastic. Actually, the best of... exchange to use if you're in India is, I forget what it's called, but it's this Argentinian exchange. They'll put it in a wallet for you and you can send them money from India to Argentina. It's like, uh, but there, there was actually one other thing that I wanted to put into your head, Carnage, about the value of Monero in your specific case, which is if you are an Indian who wants to leave to, let's say, Canada, you want to start a business in Canada, right? Uh, which a lot of Indians want to do right now. Well, the value proposition for Monero in that case is much, much higher because taking your value, your Monero with you to Canada is extremely easy. But if you try to take even gold or you try to move money from one fiat bank account to another fiat holding bank account, the paperwork and the legal aspects yeah. of it are ridiculous. Right. And so people who actually have money in India are willing to pay more for Monero. But people who don't plan on leaving India would be less interested in Monero. So in other words, like higher value products that aren't life necessities command a really high price in India when you're dealing with Monero. But simple things that you can grow and find in India that you can use in the dark market already, like, you know, the street, a street stall selling fruit or whatever. They aren't particularly interested in Monero at the level that somebody who's maybe worth a million would be interested in Monero because yeah, they, they would like. It, yeah. Go ahead. yeah, exactly. They won't understand it because even if I try to onboard some retailers like then they will be afraid of because afraid of it because uh, it's totally untraceable and they would be afraid of getting caught by government for not paying taxes and all. So 
and it's a technology that's not so prevalent in india yet because even many teenagers they are unaware of anything called monero or even they know bitcoin but all they know is about how to invest in bitcoin to you so what inspired it, you to go get monero local monero uh well uh, actually uh, i purchased B uh, bitcoin initially that too was p2p well not from local monero uh, from some another source i don't quite remember so uh, that person said that well it's good for uh, it's good that i've purchased p2p because there won't be any record of it so and then i thought uh, after i found out what btc exactly is so then i thought i should convert it into monero so <laughs> i just so i just found out by searching online i guess so mm -hmm. i found out that in a decentralized p2p is available for um, you know i can purchase with indian rupee on local monero so i went there and so carnage i tell you right now that you're kind of front running a market trend that is almost certain to happen because the the wireless internet networks in india are so much better like the phone networks and stuff are so much yeah. better than like the hardline infrastructure um and and the thing is is you have a phone-based culture in india that also just got a giant influx of manufacturing jobs so a whole bunch of people that were in poverty are going to be entering the lower middle class soon and there's a famous saying in the united states that nothing has converted more people from democrats to republicans than their first paycheck it, now i don't actually agree with it because i'm an anarchist and i hate both of those people but the thing is is people move toward limited government when they start making money right because as mm -hmm. soon as they realize how much the government is 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 stealing from them they want to get out of the system as fast as humanly possible and you have a like millions of people are about to enter the manufacturing sector five years millions of people are already using the internet almost completely wirelessly in india right now yeah. and millions of people who are being exposed to outside forces are starting to realize how corrupt the institutions of India really are. Um, there's a lot that I can't say about the people that I deal with on a regular basis, but I, I'm actually quite familiar with how nasty the bureaucracy in India currently is and how yeah. fed up the people who aren't on the inside are with it now that they realize that there's a better way. Um, Monero is not popular now because it can't be because people are so poor and they're so repressed in india in mass but when this wave of people entering the lower middle class in manufacturing and when they get even more access to open internet and they realize how corrupt the government actually is in india there's going to be such a massive massive flood into even more gold and silver at first but then it's going to be xmr all the way because once people are like trying to protect their assets with gold and they realize how confiscatable and how weak the situation is with gold as far as their ability to use it in a liquid state, they're going to want Monero. They're going to want a lot of Monero. So, yeah, but you're looking at, you know, five, 10 years out. So when people really, really flood in, but I think you'll see the, the beginnings of it a year from now. You also asked about tail emission. Well, you can look up the math of equilibriums real quick. 
um, because tail emission actually more adequately complies with uh, the way that inflation and equilibrium mathematics work out. So in other words, if you have a finite supply, the way Bitcoin is, um, that currency will eventually collapse in the very, very long term. But when you have a tail emission, that tail emission will reach in equilibrium with the supply and demand, no matter how it changes, right? And it will do so evenly across the entire pool. So rich people and poor people will be equally affected by the equilibrium of the tail limit. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks a lot, Alaska. That explains a lot. Car- Carnage, another good book. Actually, Vic is saying to check out the Bitcoin standard, which makes sense too, just so you learn, learn, learn like the, the very basics of why, what the value proposition of crypto is supposed to be in the first place. Uh, but then there's also the Monero standard, which recently was published. And that's a great book to check out as well. Um, I would say Mastering Monero would be a good first read just to kind of okay. understand okay. what Monero is and how it works and the technologies behind it without, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really go deep into the weeds. Uh, the Monero standard is good for kind of like the overall thesis on why Monero matters. Uh, and then zero to Monero is good if you want to get more, you know, once you want to get more technical and, and in the weeds with kind of understanding how Monero actually functions under the hood. So, Carnage, I have a request for you. Yes, sir. Once you familiarize yourself with stuff, would you be willing to make easily digestible material that can be shared over, like, for example, WhatsApp would be obviously super popular in India. Um, well, I don't use WhatsApp, so. <laughs> well, the, the, you, you make the video and you, make, you put it somewhere. I mean, YouTube would be a good example. You put it somewhere like YouTube, make really quick digestible yeah. uh like short, yeah. yeah and then and then give people the ability to share that information locally there are a few other people that are doing the same thing in india right now but the workload is ridiculous i mean you're talking about a billion people that need to hear this message that have not heard yeah. this message in your you could you could do a good uh kuno fundraiser for that as well yeah, um, I would actually, if, if you make your first video, I will donate to you to make more videos. <laughs> because uh, people here are like so deeply uh, embedded in the whole system. Like they are completely dependent on the system, on the politicians. Like they praise them, they worship them like gods. You know, you have no idea. It's like it's by design, awesome. bro. It's by design. But yeah, by very design, hopeful to see that you found your way to Monero, man. Uh, the, these are, you know, these these are the little moments that keep us going, right? Monero is working. It's it's glo- it's already global, uh, and anybody that cares cares about liberty and the ability ability to transact freely is is slowly finding their way to Monero. Carnage, you are the reason this show exists. By the way, <laughs> exactly. like you are literally the target audience of this show, and we are so happy to. See okay. you. Actually, I have quite a few ounces, uh, quite a few grams of um, gold and silver, but I was quite confused whether I should purchase more Monero or uh, divide that amount to you know purchasing more precious metals. So I couldn't make up my mind. Stay diversified, my man. Diversify. I would say the upside yeah. is is higher for Monero because. Precious metals have been around for a long time. Monero is still a pretty new technology. Yeah, yeah. You know, Carnage, another way to look at it too is I don't know what you do for a living or whatever, but to just try try to earn Monero, right? Um, yeah, so exactly. maybe stay diversified, but then on the side, you can try to come up with ways to earn Monero. 
we're launching, like we were talking about earlier on the show, XMR Bazaar, mm-hmm. which is going to be a peer-to-peer Monero marketplace. The, you know, the vision there is somebody, whatever, in India can be offering consulting services for graphic design or coding and, and selling those services for somebody who might live in New York City and getting paid in Monero, right? It's a gl- global currency. So you might want to think about tapping into that and trying to earn Monero globally. I will pay you in Monero to make easily digestible like software. And the thing Uh is, is if you publish it to YouTube and then you get popular, then you can also get a little on the side there too. And I'm not the only one. I mean, there's already people saying like I'm in right now that this, but there's people who are telling me like they, they will too. Carnage, if you don't mind me asking, what is, what is your profession? If you don't, if you don't want to say, you don't have to. Yeah, I'm a freelance graphic designer. You're a graphics designer? Yeah, yeah. Oh, perfect. Perfect, man. Um, send, me, send me an email at proton, uh, Monerotopia at protonmail.com. I'm sure mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll have a gig, gig or two for you to do for getting paid Thanks. in Monero. I'm sure. Yeah. We, we already pay people in Monero that do graphic design for us, um, but always looking for, for little things. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to hog the yeah. stage, but there's one thing that I really, really wanted to throw out on there. Um, so it, with what uh, what our, what our homie the guest saying earlier about like the different ways that you can fund uh, XMR Bazaar, um, and I had four ways, and honestly, I think you should use all four where you can dance around a lot of these laws as they're written today, and I would almost guarantee you it it will be just as stable and effective of a funding mechanism. The first one is uh, premium accounts that are linked to a wallet address. So in other words, if this wallet address is used, that premium account, you don't even need an ID or anything, but that premium account is giving, you know, $5.99 worth of the Monero. Um, And that premium account gets uh, like up to 100 free uh, XMR Bazaar arbitration. So in other words, that's how you fund the idea of having an arbitration guy is we, upon request, will be the intermediary on people who have premium accounts that are paying this much a month. But the best part about doing it by the month is if it becomes more expensive than that amount to do the intermediary, you can adjust the price accordingly. Or you can set it high enough where you're willing to go down if very few intermediaries are actually required, right? And so a premium account is basically, instead of having to go find an intermediary off of XMR Bazaar, we have a team of people that will do it for you as long as, it's, as, long as the, uh, the selling party is a premium account, right? Um, Say hi, David. <laughs> you're basically yeah. saying- Premium accounts give you access to the Monero escrow tool. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the, the XMR Bazaar being the intermediary on the escrow. You leave the escrow available to anybody. That's mm-hmm. going to draw in the buyers and sellers in mass, right? But you you have it where if you have a premium account, we have arbitrator or, or, or arbitrator. We have intermediaries. I like that word better for legal ones too. Uh, we have intermediaries that will do it for you for free. And it also adds confidence to people who are buyers for premium accounts. So in other words, it commands a premium because the web hosts themselves 
will do this arbitration as an intermediary as long as it's a premium wallet, not the account. Right. Holder, it's, you're not saying the, seller, the, the, the wallet that is linked. If it is the if it is a wallet that is a premium wallet, okay. And so now you can do it anonymously. You can you, you see what I'm saying? It, and you I can just say, it, hey, yeah. yeah the second it. one was verified backer. So in other words, if somebody has paid twenty dollars within the last year for the purposes of server maintenance and upkeep, they can basically just have a badge. But the thing is, is those people with that badge, you know, just like you know, a verified Twitter account, it's just a badge that says these people have anonymously supported the uh, the the server hosting side, right? Um, and that's all they've done. Just like if you donate to Thunderbird, you don't have to put any information in at all, unless you know you use the fiat banking to put a little in, right? Um, but like for example, myself, like I donate to Thunderbird, especially I donated a bunch to uh, trying to make the mobile app come out be super user friendly no beta nothing um but like in exchange that that buyer or seller account is a verified backer and it lasts for 365 days and then if they want to maintain it they put another 20 in next year or whatever the next one is a donation prompt make it super low-key every successful transaction when a person goes to release the funds It'll have like a box that says, would you like to donate, uh, you know, to the maintenance of the website or whatever? They can check the box. They can pick a percentage. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the last one that I think is it, it scales with the website is you have an auctioned banner in every category. OK. And every two hour block of time that starts the second the banner goes live every two hour block of time you can pay into an auction and then that auction expires when the next two hour block of time comes up and you kind of like we saw on uh the crypto the reddit for our our cryptocurrency right where they were selling I their hate Reddit crap. so much. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> but it's like, uh, that's a great idea. I like that. The auction uh, ad space, um, for yeah, and it's and and you keep it super con concentrated, which is every uh, XMR bizarre category, right? And then your your slash B or whatever they call it in Normyland, like your random uh, your random auction one is going to have this ridiculously high price, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but also the ones that people want to keep it up is also going to lead to a lot of money over time. So like, let's say I'm selling a car. Well, if I expect that car to be for sale for a month and I can set a minimum amount, like a minimum threshold or a maximum amount that I'm willing to bet, right? And over and over again, that car is going to be giving you, you know, like over the course of a month, like 5XMR, right? But you just keep it one banner, keep your site clean, keep because the value of that one banner space is going to... And you make sure that it scrolls with the page, right? So it's always visible no matter how far down you scroll, but also don't make it obnoxious and like just clog up the whole website. So nobody wants, like maybe when you scroll down, it moves over to the side. So you yeah, can, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. 
I mean, definitely get like a good UI guy for doing it and don't be one of, you know what I'm talking about, like those fucking news aggregator websites or whatever, because then I'm out too. But, <laughs> Me but too, I would want to use a big fuck this shit. Yeah, it's like, bro, what the, uh, I'm, I'm the, well, those four methods would be really easily. Yes, I like that. I like, like all those. It, yeah. I'm going to talk to you more about it offline too. Man. Yeah, it's. As you can see, I'm no rookie for dodging the government. So, like, it's, I would love to help you in any way. You know me, bro. I got you back. Whatever the hell you want to do, I'm in. So, By the way, uh, is there? Um, uh, do you think, like, in future, they would be able to track, you know, like, um, the transactions on the blockchain using this AI technology and whatnot? So, I mean. No. No? No, it's impossible. Well, yes and no. <laughs> I mean, for all realistic purposes, no. And actually, Monero is already quantum proofing. At a, at a, at, it's actually almost basically quantum from now. But even yeah, like uh, the future of quantum computing, uh, the, the developers of Monero have a pretty good roadmap for making it. Now, that said, when quantum computing can, comes yeah, out quantum. and computing horsepower gets really, really ridiculous... You might able to be. You might be able to go back through a save state of the blockchain from like 20 years ago, and spend a half a million dollars reverse engineering like five transactions. But you wouldn't even be able to know what transaction you're reverse engineering until like you've already figured it out. Now there are ways to like make an educated guess, um, but even that like. It, it, the 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 likelihood that your educated guess is even correct is usually below 50 percent. so like it it really is a super super private thing now you can do something ridiculously stupid and get yourself caught but monero makes it so easy for even stupid people to not get caught it's awesome you no know, uh, i was thinking like uh, one way of uh, making this uh, monero crypto uh, adopted in a uh, mass, uh, you know, like in uh, getting it mainstream by, you know, reaching out to the youth, you know, like in college campuses and like uh, making, uh, the, uh, what do you call that, uh, presentations, you know, mm-hmm. like um, uh, introducing them to Austrian economics. In, yeah, Doug has an interview Austria. with a guy in, was it, was it the Kenya, uh, uh, Nigeria or the Democratic? Oh, Nigeria. Sorry, yeah. yeah. The, um, who is doing actually, he's doing exactly that. And he got a whole bunch of donations for doing it. And, and it, I mean, he, he also came with the receipts, like he proved that he was already doing it. Yeah. So a lot of us were willing to give, but the thing is carnage, like if go do it, man, like you don't have to know everything to at least get people turned on to and be like, I don't really know all the answers, but here's some places you can find them. Carnage. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm going to put my email up. Right, Make sure you write down this email. Send me an email. Because, I mean, that that's something too, right? If we want to try to spread XMR Bazaar for this use case of doing consulting work, uh, would be great to have somebody that's out there spreading the word. I mean, people in India should know that there's some website that they can go to to try to offer their graphic design services, their coding services, whatever it may be, and to get paid directly in digital cash as opposed to using the other services that currently exist out there where they have to go through the banking system they lose fees to the platform uh try to try to get people to start thinking about these things in those terms because it actually offers them real utility 
like how how are you currently doing your consulting? Do you use a platform? Do you use any like platforms to to get paid? Yeah, yeah. To work? It's in Upwork. It's called Upwork. Upwork. Yeah. And now they they and take even, these uh, some locals. Yeah, some local projects. Okay, and I'm sure Upwork takes takes a decent decent percentage of of your yeah. earning. Uh-huh. Right back. I got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think we're gonna end it here. Actually, I mean, unless. Uh, Carnage, you got anything else you want to put out there? Remsey, anything? Gombat? Uh, no. Uh, thanks. Thanks a lot, Douglas. All good. Yeah. Take yeah. care. Thank you, guys. Carnage, anytime, man. Send me that email because uh, we'll, maybe we could get you to do some graphic design work at least. Thank you. Thank um, you. Alaskan on. Uh, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I'm going to cut it here. I know you ran off to the bathroom. Thanks to everybody that attended today. And uh, we do these shows every Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern. So we should be back here next week. I think it'll be the day before New Year's Eve. We might do some kind of uh, Monero Awards thing. I'm thinking about it. It would be fun. Uh, if I could find the time, I might do that. Gombat, anything you want to throw out there? <laughs> no, not really. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, good show. Good show. All right. Cheers, man. And thank you. Let me play, find the outro here. And thank you, everybody. So long. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for joining us on this week's Monerotopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Monerotopia Telegram group. See you all next week.